Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Christ refused to teach about. 
just that simple. Things that the Father really is saying in the earth, but that some of y'all churches don't want to deal with. And it's no slant, no shade on you because you talk about a lot of powerful things in your churches. I'm not one of those hating on the churches. I have some issues with churches, but I have some issues with everything. I have some issues with myself. How about that? So I'm not hating on the body of Christ, the most powerful institution on the face of this earth when they're operating on all cylinders. There ain't nothing like it. That's why the New World Order is trying to be like them. I said that's why the New World Order is trying to be like them. That's all the New World Order is, a bunch of wicked men led by Satan because Satan has a beef with the Most High, and he has individuals sold out because he has to have a body to operate in this realm. So he has possessed some individuals with this program, with this plan to take over the earth in education, take over the earth in, in diet and food, nutrition, take over the earth in, edu- in, in, in entertainment, take over the earth, take over the earth, take over the earth. That's what... That's what the New World Order is all about, to duplicate the kingdom of the Most High. There is no more giants in the fight. Ain't with two people struggling now. Maybe it used to be at one point, USSR versus U.S. versus China. Oh, I don't believe that no more. I don't think this is the two players left on the, on the, on the, on the field, y'all. I just believe that, and I can prove it. But we're not going to do that tonight. But if you tune into some of the older shows like um, New World Order, Watch Society, you'll hear that China's in a bed with the U.S., U.S. is in a bed with the China, and everybody in bed with Russia. It's, it's, it's just all mixed up. Folks, they're all united behind the scenes, then behind the scenes, then behind the scenes. There truly is a New World Order. And like I said, we've, took, we've talked about on our previous shows on the Five Smithsonian Network under the title, of New World Order Watch Society. If you would type in New World, if you would Google New World Order Watch Society, if you would Google New World Order Watch Society, and then Google Five Stone Network Blog Talk Radio, you will get those shows. As a matter of fact, we got so deep on those shows talking about what this New World Order is doing with our diet, with our food, with the water, with the uh, with these seeds that can't produce after themselves, which uh, how they, the GMO, <laughs> how they have just taken food from us, y'all, to where we're all eating engineered stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's far worse than just having a lot of salt in your diet and a lot of sugar in your diet and uh, glucose of, of, of um, can't even think right now, um, corn syrup. It's a lot deeper than that, brothers and sisters. We don't even get food, natural, real food. Y'all know broccoli wasn't a real food, a real food. <laughs> but anyway, we talked about that. Talked about diets, talked about um, the education, talked about a book called Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion. Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion. How this small group of people uh, who had goals to take over the whole world uh, had a meeting. And uh, one of them died. One of them was struck by lightning. Uh, some kind of way they died. And while they was being worked on by the paramedics, was dying, while they was being worked on by the paramedics, they had a booklet, uh, they had protocols, they had uh, the, the notes. It's like, you know, back when men would meet and they would have a secretary that just so happened to be a man, just like today's secretaries also is men. But the secretary had these notes of what these powerful men was going to do 
and that's called Protocols of the Learned Elder Design. But we talked about how this new world order is trying to have tried, have really, have already, have been successful in taking over the world for a certain amount of time. But they are on a clock, the Bible says, that just for a season, the Father's going to allow them to do what they're doing, and then the kingdom of God is going to put that down, put down that enemy along with other enemies. But you see how I got off, all up into that all quick? So, and uh, I try not to look at look down and look at names, but every once in a while I can't help but to see a name, but I really try not to look at names because people get offended when you don't call their name. But I just do want to holler out at two people that's from my early, early childhood. And I just may be talking about that early, early childhood because tonight I'm just, I got some, some notes, but I'm going to pull from different people from the, my early past, my middle, just just all, I just do these shows and whatever comes to my mind, I talk about. But I want to holler at uh, Elder Tommy Davis, uh, who was a good friend of mine back in high school. We would kind of hang out a little bit. And then I definitely want to hang, going back even further than Tommy, uh, my old uh, uh, childhood classmate. I mean, we talk my second, third, fourth grade, Courtney Hawkins. I knew her then by Courtney Hawkins. She's now Courtney Boone. I want to say shout out to them. And uh, since they're the first two in the house, I figured I'd just say hello to them. Anybody else, y'all just be, y'all be patient with me. But anyway, and again, Courtney's back at Carver days. We talking about when Brother Seth was, I was going to church, though. Mama had us in church ever since we were seven and eight. But I mean, Courtney was long time ago, back in the Donald Carwright, Clara Minnowether, Edward Oliver, Reginald Ashford, uh, Dallas Jackson, Lawrence Kaya, all these little, <laughs> we always, this, this this little, y'all, I know I'm missing somebody. But anyway, I just want to thank them. I just happened to look at them. And, and anybody else coming back to that, probably I'm not, I'm not looking at the screen that's close. That's why you see me doing all that. I'm not trying to look at the screen. Brothers and sisters, Five Smooth Stone, what is it? And again, I keep just please bear me, everybody. I'm not, I'm not split mine here, but I gotta take care of some of the first things first. We are simultaneously broadcasting on on Five Smooth Stones. I mean, excuse me, on Blog Talk Radio. We are Five Smooth Stones Network, and we are broadcasting on two networks: Facebook Live and Blog Talk Radio. If you want to talk to me, comment. Make a question at me, ask me about something I just said. You can call me, and that is 914-205-5590. The number should be right there under my picture there, right down to the promo there. 914-205-5590. If you want to just say hello or ask a question or something, anytime during the broadcast, don't have to be now, because I guarantee you tonight I'm going to mention some things. Y'all going to be like, I have a question. So, well, first, get this out of the way because I keep forgetting to do this. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell y'all what is the five topics that you call the five smooth stones. Because David brought down his giant with one of the stones. I think David could have brought down the giant he had with any one of the stones. And I believe that any one of these topics that I talk about can bring down the giant in my life, in our lives. The biggest giant... In America, to me, I know Satan is our enemy and our flesh is our enemy. I understand that. But what Satan uses, the biggest tool he uses, have to be greed. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. 
So if you mention an evil, it's got to be a part of that. The love of money is the root of all evil. All mean everything. So greed got to be number one. But number two, if not number two, perhaps number three, but I promise you, brothers and sisters, it's up there. What is up there, Brother Seth? The, the lies, the lies we've been hearing for many, 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 many years, ever since I was born, you know, the lies of white supremacy. It, it's what formed us. When you're talking to a so-called black man and black woman, again, um, want to welcome everybody. I see different people popping in. Sister GC, I see you. Good to always see you. One of my faithful supporters there, not just here, but even in Cincinnati. This sister here was back when I was on the radio station. She would call in. and Shout out to the old WCVE listeners. Sister GC was always in the house and supporting her brother. At first, one while she said I, I didn't. She, she said she didn't like me. She used to say, "I didn't even like you." She she actually told me, "Brother Seth, when I first heard you, I did not like you on the radio because you always get into it with the GM." <laughs> Just disagree, pretty much. She said, "But I couldn't help but to agree with you because the things you said made so much sense." Well, what is GC talking about? Well, let's talk about these five smooth stones. Okay. What are the five smooth stones? The five smooth stones, <laughs> I see you, sister. Uh, the, uh, the, the five smooth stones are five topics that I believe that the Father gave me after asking him five questions. So I asked the Father five questions in 1988. Because in 1987, while I was in the fourth word, uh, believe the convention, I'm going to talk fast because I want to get to the to the to the meat of the program. This is this is good too, though. This will help y'all understand your brother. Uh, those those names I just called. You want to know what I've been up to? Listen to this. This is deep. This happened eighty, starting eighty seven. Kenneth Copeland, a lot of ministers, probably some of y'all's pastors, were saying God is getting ready to use the black man like never before, and the first is going to be last. One more time. Kenneth Copeland said in nineteen eighty seven, God is getting ready to use the black man like never before, and the first is going to be last, and the last is going to be first. About 20,000 people there, those white people tore up that convention center shouting, rejoicing. They went crazy because that was a different word. God is getting ready to use the black man. Like never before, the first is going to be last, and the last is going to be first. We shouted. But between 1987 and 1988, I saw racism in the church. I didn't know about racism in the church. I thought when you come to the church and there's no race, we all born again, everybody trying to live right. I didn't know that people, and I would later find out that the origin, the very origin of racism started in the church through doctrine. So I was at Calvary downtown Fort Worth. Some of y'all know what that is. Those of you from Fort Worth, big church. As a matter of fact, Kenneth Copeland said Bob Nichols was his pastor. That's Calvary. So when I was at Calvary, I began to see some of my friends go through racism. I can't get into what they were saying, what they went through. But show enough racism. And I remember talking about Nick when I first walked in that church. I requested to see the leader. I didn't care how big the church was. I wanted to meet with him. So I met with Bob Nicholson. <laughs> I'm so crazy. Looking back now, I mean, nobody just walks in there and sees Bob Nichols. It would be like walking in there and seeing um, 
T.D. Jakes. You just can't walk in and see T.D. Jakes. Well, I walked in there, and Bob Nix was doing a radio broadcast in his church upstairs. It goes to show you how big it was, how you have, how you do a radio broadcast live from your church. But he had a studio and everything. It's a long story short. 88, Kenneth Copeland said the same thing. God is getting ready to use a black man like never before. The first is going to be last, and the last is going to be first. I didn't rejoice. Because I found out something in 1988. Now, I want y'all to listen to me. Those of you that's wondering, what's Seth been up to? And what's, what are you up to, Seth? You look a little different now and whatever. Let me tell you what's about to happen. I was called in 1982 to preach. But we all are called to preach, brothers and sisters. We all are called to the ministry of reconciliation. If you're born again, you're supposed to be winning people to Christ with your life. And even, not, even with your words of your life, one or two. Well, I'm a Christian. Are you? Okay. You probably winning somebody. You may not go and say, hey, say the sinner's prayer and all that. But there are people watching your life, and at some point they're going to ask you, what is it about you? You're supposed to tell them, and based upon you, what you tell them, which is the gospel, they should be, they may be born again if they believe. That's what we all supposed to do. We all been given ministry of reconciliation. So when I was called to preach, that was not what you called to do. I don't think people call to preach, and all they do is just preach the gospel. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I think everybody called to preach the gospel. So what are ministers for? We all called to tell the gospel, the good news of Jesus, how he came, lived, died, rose again, and it's going to return. What's a minister? Ministers, I believe, are people that's called to do something different. They pop out and they're different. They, they, they're different. They're called to live a holy life. They, they're called to be given to the cloth, spiritual things. They're called to, that's why I don't believe ministers should be working. I think they may have to for early on, but I don't think you can be an effective minister because a minister is supposed to be given, I mean totally given over to spiritual things. Somewhere pondering, getting quiet times, oftentimes a minister should be somewhere quiet. So when you become wealthy, a lot of ministers, I don't believe in a lot of them. It don't mean they can't be men or women of God, but I just don't believe that a lot of people wealthy can have that kind of relationship. I just don't. It's too much pulling at you. You can do it, but you have to have you have to delegate out or delegate, delegate. And can you imagine somebody like a TD Jakes or some having three hours Bible study, hour two, quiet time, praying without ceasing? I just can't see that. They say when you're that popular, you got to move, you got to go because those opportunities are not always there. So when you blow up, and he's more than blew up, you have got to siege that moment. People get tired of you after a while. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to say everybody's smallest of God, everybody's bigger than the devil. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's a challenge. They can do it, though. And Jake's, it's, it's, I like him. I know a lot of people don't, but I like him. But I still wonder sometimes, just, just me, just thinking, you know, so I don't want it too much because I worry about myself. But my point is this, brothers and sisters. See, I got off. I've been getting all these little rabbit trails. I'm trying to talk about this real fast. That's probably. But I'm going to slow it down once we start talking about the 24 countries I've been to and the miracles that I said I'll be talking about tonight. I'm definitely going to slow it down. So, brothers and sisters, please don't think I believe powerful, rich people can't. I'm just saying it's a distraction. You don't know what it's like to be able to be helicoptered over here like you don't know those people. I mean, it's, it's a different world. We don't even know that. I don't know that world. So, and I see my little thing is freezing up here. I don't know what's going on. Hopefully y'all can hear me. Um, 
due to poor video connection. Hopefully y'all can hear me. So let's let's just see what it does. Oh boy, I tell you, technology. So let's hope this this uh, clears up. I'm gonna keep talking, but it says you're trying to reconnect. It's saying trying to reconnect. Hopefully I'm reconnected. But all I was saying, I don't want y'all to think that Brother Seth is against big ministries. If you're preaching the gospel and really reaching people and really delivering people, despite what I hear a lot of people say, people do want the word. Yes, they do. People don't want to live for God. Yeah, they do. I think all humanity want God. Problem is, they can't see him, especially through his representatives. China don't want the gospel. I don't believe that. There's some people, honey, they don't want God. No, there's some people that don't know God. They think God took my mama, God took my... They think God taking us, he's doing all this stuff to us, so they don't want him. And if God is doing all that, I don't want him either. I don't think he's taking us like they're saying. He give us long life. And we, with our choices and our actions and not being aware of spiritual warfare and, and being poisoned by the enemy and put cancer out there by the enemy and all types of things they're doing to our world cause things to happen to us. It ain't the God. He's not taking out. He just knows when it's time, based upon our lifestyle and different things that happen to us, we're supposed to cover ourselves with the blood. We're supposed to... Let me not use that term. We're supposed to cover ourselves with prayer. We're supposed to say, Father, cover me today. Father, protect me. We, The Bible says angels, billions of them, have sent on this earth for us. They're supposed to be waiting on us. That's their only job to be. Angels were sent to this earth to be ministers to those to be heirs of salvation. Believe that. That's your Bible. So I think when we die... It ain't God. He just, it's like a father just coming to get us. He put us on this earth, gave us opportunity, and when it's time to go, he just he, he comes for us. But it don't mean he's, I think he know he's the, he's the author of, okay, you did this, I'm going to expand your life. Okay, this, he, he does determine that. But just be, I don't think he's taking babies at two years old to play in his garden and all this. See, I, I know I'm way off track, but y'all, this just does something to me. Because I I just feel like people do want the gospel. They do want the God we serve. It's just they don't know him. They've been told bad things about him, and so they say, I don't want him. And what's in their head? I wouldn't want him either. Well, what some of these people think God is doing, I, I, wouldn't want that, I wouldn't want that God either. But guess what? That ain't what he's doing. So you, that's why you have to help hear the gospel, hear the good news. The Bible said Christ tried to heal them all. He healed them all. Sometimes he healed them all. And I was thinking about this, and, I, and I'm going to get on, I'm gonna get on, but I'm not going to force stuff because it may be the Father's will that I stay here. But listen, I was reading a book by F.F. Boss with named Christ the Healer. Up until that time, I've been saying, Mama, them, pray for the sick all my life. I've never laid hands on nobody. I went to the church and saw folks doing it. I've never seen nothing like that. Never laid hands, never. I mean, I always pray God heal me, you know. Everybody do that, but I just never expected it really, you know. Till I read a book by the, you can Google it right now. It's on YouTube. You get it for free. Buy the book, of course. But anyway, F.F. Bosworth, Christ the Healer, set me free. 
And I'd like to know, Brother Tom and Davis, if you think of this, and if y'all, feel free to chat and let me know what y'all think of this. But I promise to God, that book set me free. That book took me from being a regular, everyday person to a person praying with authority. You know why? It had a chapter called, And Christ Healed Them All. And I got to think of the Bible say Christ is the same God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I know Christ and the Father is not the same, but I'm just talking about Christ right now. Because as you know, the Father says, sit here on my right hand, tell me the image of what's through. And the Bible says he has given them all power in heaven and in earth. So Christ is boss right now. To the restitution of all things, until everything is restored. That was given to him like a Christmas gift by the Father. Yah. Uh, Yahweh. If you don't believe that, say hallelujah. But anyway, F.F. Bosworth, Christ the healer. The man said, and the Bible says more importantly, that Christ healed them all. Now, Christ went to this town, and the Bible says he healed them all. And the Bible says he's no different than yesterday, today, and, yesterday, today, and forever. Come with the Father is no different because Christ was just simply doing the will of the Father. Is everybody mad at? Is everybody talking about he took my mama, took my sister? Listen, the Bible says he's no different. He who, Yahweh, the father of Christ that had Christ doing what he did. Christ only did as what he, he, he said. Christ said out of his mouth, I only do what I see my father do. I only do what the father wants me to do. And the Bible says he went to a village and he healed them all. That messed with my head. At the time I had stepped on the nail, some of y'all know my testimony. If you know it, just I'm going to repeat it. This ain't the only thing the Father did for me. There's hundreds of things like this for me, but this right is what started it. So I stepped on the nail, y'all, and it was swollen. My roommate, Dan Wallace, man of God, had seen me limping around for, I don't know, days. I stepped on that, went straight to my leg. It hurt. So I was limping. I was reading a chapter called, And He Healed Them All. Or it was maybe it just, maybe it wasn't the name of a chapter, but it was a point where he was talking about He Healed Them All. Y'all listen to your brother. And again, you can Google this book. In this book, they address every lie you ever heard about healing. Always Paul's thorn in the flesh. Oh, God's teaching us something with sickness. Oh, we need sickness to keep us humble. Christ, the healer, by F.F. Bosworth, nailed it. it. Explosion of truth. One of the things he said was, in that village that where Christ healed them all, it was the Father's will that Christ healed them all. And the Father, again, the Bible said he hasn't changed yesterday, today, and forever. Wasn't there some liars in that village? Whatever you're doing that you know you ain't got no business, those of you listening, and even to myself when I read this, whatever I was doing, whatever I was struggling with sin-wise, the book said, and the Bible says, Christ healed them all. Well, that's because he was Christ. Yeah, but he was doing it by the will of the Father through the power of the Holy Ghost. 
God is still around today, right? He's still real, right? Is the Holy Spirit real? Some of y'all just don't believe the Bible. That's okay. You get there. It's not a problem. I ain't big. I'm not going to be acting like I'm smaller than nobody else. I'm just saying, your brother, of course, believed I had the Holy Spirit at the time. And I'm not some great man of faith. You don't have to have family like I had family. We'd come up going to church every day and seeing and stuff. It didn't, none of that mattered. None of that mattered. Who my parents were didn't matter. The word I was born, Eastside Projects or Beverly Hills, it didn't matter. The Bible says, and he held them all. And I got to think about what I was doing and how I was trying to live right. So if he healed them all in this village, I know some liars in the village, cheaters in the village, perhaps some rapists in that village, all types of people who didn't. Just knuckleheads in that village. Come on, a village of people, a mass group of people. You know it's all kind of folk up in there. And I just believe he wanted me healed. May the Father do something to me if I'm lying right now. So I remember reaching down and touching my foot. And I pray something along these lines. I can't say what it was word for word, but something along the lines of Father and the name of Jesus, because that's the way I prayed then. I wasn't saying Yeshua. I say in the name of Jesus. I prayed the way Christ prayed. I command this swelling to go down. I command this feet to be normal. Father, I received the healing you provided for me. Because that's what the book was talking about. It's for you. If you never write the check, it's in the account. It's for you. He wants you healed. You can die. I can die early. I can do all this talk and still die tomorrow or some disease. But just know this. It's not his will. <laughs> that's the revelation I got. Just as sure as you say he has also provided healing for us. I'm not trying to turn this no healing thing. I'm back. I'm gonna, matter of fact, I'm going to stop now. But y'all, I laid my hands on my foot. God is my witness. I never prayed like that before. Because that book is what helped me. And the book was pointing to the scriptures. Now, really looking at the scripture, looking at the book, you know, checking it. And I said, well, he wants us healed. I be dog. God wants all of us healed. Because I was taught, well, no, hold on now. It ain't here for everybody. God may be trying to teach you something. God may, all this stuff I was hearing, man. So, you know, when we get sick, we get this, we get that. Poverty, the same thing. He don't want us poor. Why would the father want his child poor, poor struggling? No, that ain't what he wants. I don't think he could, like, carefully want everybody rich, flying around and we'll tear up the earth. Oh, don't live with all these jets and planes. I don't think that either. But I just feel like he wants all of our needs met, brothers and sisters. It's just that simple. I want y'all to hear me tonight. I want y'all to hear me tonight. And again, I'm going to get back on the purpose of Five Some Stone because there's a story behind it, and it's powerful. You're not going to believe what happened to produce these five topics that we talk about all the time on the Five Some Stone Network. You're just not going to believe it. So I'm going to lay hands on my foot, and God is my witness. Brothers and sisters, I stood up, and the, whoa, 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 I'm going too fast. I'm going too fast. So after I pray, Father, in, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. And I remember just sitting back, and I looked at my foot. Now listen, 
You know how a balloon when you when you pull up when you fill up a balloon is this way and then we let a little air out of it, pssst, it kinda goes down. I saw it happen with my own foot. You know, there's not much room, but I saw it happen with my own foot. Just like I'm looking right now with like so, okay, you don't know if you really seen that set. So stand up. So that's how I was thinking. And so I and when I stood up, there was no pain, y'all. I'm not lying. Lying. May the Father do something if I'm lying. May He do something to my family if I'm lying. Oh, don't bring your family in. Yeah, I'm going to bring my family in because I'm telling you, I'm not lying. My foot went down, and when I stood up, there was no pain. So I walked around, I was like, praise God. Now, somebody asked me things. If you were shocked, you must have didn't believe. Perhaps. I don't know. But I know when I pray, it could mean the way I was commanded that foot. I don't know, y'all. But after that, it was on. That's what produced the title of this show. Signs, Wonders, and Miracles are Powerful Words Over the Years. After that, it was just a roller coaster of different things, not just me praying for myself, but my phone started ringing too because I started telling everybody, God want us all healed. God want us here. Well, you know God want us all here. I, I want you couldn't tell me no, brother. God's trying to teach me something. I'd be like, no, why would He want to teach some? God know everything. He ain't trying to teach you nothing. Who told you that? I was just, I was pastors be like, well, you know, God, He my brother. I said, listen, sir, I respect you. I understand, but Bible says He healed them all. I was reading a book called by F. F. Bosworth, and it said Christ healed them all, sir. God, He want us all healed. Why was Christ, Christ never told nobody? I want to hear you. I need to teach you something. It ain't time for you to get healed yet. When they ran into him, it was time. And now he's in us. He's in us. The Bible says he's in us. Looking at you through my eyes with my weakling self, with all these problems I got, he's a healer. Well, Brother Seth, I know you, and you know you got all kinds of I don't care what I got. He is a healer. Like I said, brothers and sisters, I don't walk in this power. I mean, y'all just don't know my history. Oh, Lord, when I lived in Castlewood over there by Dunbar High School at the corner of Ramey and the freeway there, Castlewood, I was known all around Castlewood. That's that guy that prayed for you. That's that guy that tried to I won, like, that year, I think it was over 70 souls, or close to 70-some souls to the Lord that year. And most of it was healing. I just felt like he wants you healed. So I would be saying, hey, you know, Lord, well, no, I'm going to church, man. I don't, I'm not really down with that Jesus stuff. I said, I understand, but let me talk to you for a minute. And they listen to me say, man, I don't, I don't come to church when I get right. I said, well, you know, you never know in your life, you know, I was just on a mission. Because the Father was just so real. It wasn't that I was super, I told y'all I have issues. I had him then. But he was real, like he is now. So that's what propels me, uh, Sister Geneva and, and uh, 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 GC, and everybody there else in there listening. I just happened to look up and see her name. Sister Courtney, I think, was earlier, and Brother Elder Tommy Davis. That's what changed me. Stuff like that. How can I go back to be Butler Housing? Ain't nothing wrong with Butler Housing, but you know how it is when you're in the project, you start thinking like I got, you know, a lot of us bought into a certain way of thinking because we've been on a project. Well, I'm not better than all them people. 
And in a lot of ways, they're smarter than me, more moral than me in a lot of ways, and a lot of you too. But what changed me was miracles and signs and wonders and things coming to pass. My mother said we're coming to pass, or what this pastor would say we're coming to pass, and things was changing. I couldn't help but to look at these things like this life is real. First, out the gate when I was little, we saw demon spirits cast out people. There's a movie now come out called The Exorcist, part, I don't know, 15, but that stuff was seen off little. Did that make us better than anybody else? No, but I'm just saying my family, or let me just say I came out the gate, and I can think of my family also, we came out the gate expecting big things. So how is we going to go into the world where people don't believe in God, don't believe in the devil, the devil using them, we can look at them and see it, how are we going to be in that lifestyle? That's why I always kind of been around a church, sometimes strong, leading, called it sometime in the back. But always in the house of the Father. Now, I know there was that period about 10 years in Cincinnati. Sister D.C. don't know this, and I'm only mentioning her name because she lives in Cincinnati. But in Cincinnati, what they don't know was I wasn't in church a whole lot. I, I, would, I attended Christ Emmanuel, but I, for the most part, that was the time I was not. Half the time I was in Cincinnati, which is 19 years, I wasn't in church. Not not the four walls, but a fellowship with the brother. And that's when I learned a lot of things, actually. So having said that, let me go ahead and get back. But, yeah, y'all, begin to pray for the sick left and right. People getting calls. Hey, brother, we got a spirit over here. Can you cast out, cast out the spirits? And I would talk to demons like I'm talking to you. And guess what? May the Father do something to me. A lot of the spirits was responding inside of people. I talked about that like my first Facebook Live of a spirit and a little girl, a figment, a little, uh, boy, I cannot get on this five some stone for nothing. But I've already told this story, but I like to tell certain stories that are more I'm not going to say more powerful than others because if a spirit is evicted out of a person or evicted out of a home, it's it's important. Not, there's no small little stories. But I like to tell a story about this one because to me it's just crazy. <laughs> but uh, I was very familiar with evil spirits. And I think I have that gift. I think I have the gift of discernment because of some things that happened, y'all. can't. I'm trying not to get too deep in this because I keep saying y'all need to know what these five smooth stones are all about. And I, and I really need to get this out because I'm getting a lot of listeners these days to these Facebook Live. But really quickly, there was a friend of mine, a girlfriend of mine. Um, yeah, it was a girlfriend of mine. I have a past like everybody else do. But I'm married, of course, now. So it shouldn't be a problem for me to bring up a past girl, so, just so y'all know. But they lived in Castlewood as well. And they, she had a daughter. Her daughter's name was Sabrina. She had two, three daughters. One of them named was Sabrina. And they all play with an imaginary friend named Satima. Satima. If I'm lying, may the Father do something to me. You you had to quit saying that. No, I'm not afraid to say that because I'm telling you all the truth. Three daughters, one of them named Sabrina and an imaginary friend named Satima. I did not like how the girls played with Satima. I didn't like the way they ran around the house and laughing with the Satima. And then I said, you know what? 
I'm not can't I don't want to say her name, so I'll make up a name for her. Her name was um, Melanie. Melanie. I say Melanie. I don't like the way your your daughter's playing with this imaginary friend. She said, "What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that?" I say. And when I told her why, she said, "Oh, everybody have imaginary friends. You never had imaginary friends." I say, "Maybe so, maybe." But I don't like the way they're talking. They talk to me like she's real. So we kept talking. Girls was hearing us, and so she said, "Let's go walking." Listen to this story. This is what I mean by signs, wonders, and miracles, brothers. And I hate to repeat this because I already told this story, but I'm doing all these Facebook Live. I'm getting all these new people. I don't know who heard this or not. But remember, if you want to ask a question, brothers and sisters, you can call that phone number right in front of you, 914-205-5590. I have no problems answering questions on this. But listen, we went walking. We went walking, brothers and sisters, and watch what happened. We went back and forth. Oh, Seth, I think you'd be being a bit unreasonable. No, 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 no. We back and forth. And finally she said, okay, I will let them know when we get back to the house. No more Satima. We'll stop this. I'll tell them to stop it. So we got back to the house. Make the long story short. She knocked on her door, and her daughters ran to the door and said these words. Something along these lines, not word for word, I want to get into it for most time because I'll tell you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's got truth, but something along these lines. Mama, Mama, Satima says she's got to leave. Satima says she got to leave and she can't come back. Mama, Satima's leave, leaving. And Melanie looked at me and go, Seth, Seth, pray, 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 Seth, pray. There ain't no glory for me. I'm just trying to tell y'all that the world we live in is not the world we think it is. We're engaging oftentimes with people, and there's something in them. Not all bad, though. Sometimes it's the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you're looking at people, and they're looking at you, but they are under the influence of the Holy Spirit, and they come to do you good. Problem is we don't know which ones are and which ones are not. Yes, our lives will be a million times better. Because a person under the Holy Spirit can light you up. They will set you free. They'll tell you that God ain't coming here taking our parents like we think it. That he's just coming to get the parents once it's time to go. He's a good judge. He's going to give us according to how we live our life. We're determining how long we stay by our lifestyle. A child that's little taken, that's a whole different story. There's warfare, there's the enemy, the Bible said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's who took those babies, not the most high. We're just not aware of this, like I'm talking about this story. We're just not aware of the spirits of murder all around us. We look at a video the other day of a shooting in Chicago, and they had the boy on camera before he shot, and he's a face he looked when nobody around. It was a, it was a, it was something that that he looked in the camera and it's, I don't want to get too deep. I don't want to scare nobody, but I knew, and, and some of you know what I'm talking about. When you saw that, when you see people doing things out of the ordinary with their face or their facial spirits, sometimes they're under the influence of evil spirits. It wasn't even a good three minutes that he shot this guy, senseless, nothing there. I know you're thinking, oh, Seth, you're a little bit. I got it. I understand what I've been told all my life, but. Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, so we got to do something else. With keep talking about this, these people. It's 
the Bible says we wrestle against flesh and blood, but principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places. And I'm rushing to the scriptures. The Bible says we wrestle not against this, flesh and blood. That's why I don't hate the white man kick. They are not our enemies. They're not our real enemies. They are influenced by the enemy to be an enemy, a type of enemy, but some of them, not all of them. Same thing with black people, but... And y'all forgive me for the skipping around, dear Lord, but just this is how I, sometimes I come up with my own program, and the Father maybe you want to share this with some of y'all. Maybe some of this is for you, and I need to slow it down and just let it flow. But Satima was cast out of that house that day. Melanie came and, and, and called a girl and said, Seth, pray. And I pray, you know, I'm going to grab the hand of the one named Sabrina, right? Exactly did. And when I was praying for this little girl, her hand was in mine like that. She's just a little girl, probably about eight or maybe uh, eight. Why is she trying to pull her hand out of mine while I'm praying? Some of y'all don't believe. I understand. It's okay. I'm going to keep talking about signs, wonders, and miracles. I'm not trying to hype nothing up. I don't need to hype nothing up. For what? what I'm not getting no money from y'all. I'm just trying to come on here and give the most high glory. His power is real. We're not hopeless. I don't care if you believe in evil spirits or not. We're not hopeless. We're not just in the hands of nobody unless we just give up and just want to be. Most High is real. You may not understand him. I understand. I don't understand him either. But his word is real. It's old. It's thousands of years old. That word is powerful. But more importantly, if you don't get nothing from Brother Seth tonight, just know he loves you unconditionally. He loves us, and he wants us healed, not just physically. Y'all have no trouble believing he wants us saved. Well, salvation is, healing is just salvation of the body. Finance is just salvation of finance. Wealth is just health, healthy finances. Like I said, I don't think he wants all of us filthy rich because I don't think the Father used that standard. But if you need a million or two or three to do what you need to do, I think you're supposed to have a million or two or three. But all of y'all don't even, some of y'all don't even know to even, you have the character to have something that big. And the Father's not, I don't think he's going to give something to you you can't even handle. That'd be child abuse. So no, I disagree with Creflo on that. I don't think God wants all of us to be in there. Anyway, I know I'm jumping around. That's what I did, jump around. <laughs> so... 1987, back to the convention center, uh, 1988, Kenneth Copeland said the same thing he said in 1987. Sorry about the little side roads. But he said, God is getting ready to use the black man like never before. And the first is going to be last, and last is going to be first. 88, I was grieved because I found how some white people do when they don't want you to take your rightful place or they don't want to give you, maybe they're holding on to something because they are in power in a lot of ways. Sometimes it's time for the black man or the black woman, so-called black woman, black man. It's time for them to take their rightful places, maybe get that. Just just so many things a lot of our white brothers and sisters can try to make it hard on us because they are the ones sitting at the seat of power in a lot of ways. And oftentimes when it's your time to be promoted, they'll say something like, you know, brother, the Lord has his hand on you. And one of these days you're going to be able to lead us. And I can see us, you one day, these you black people leading us white people. 
You know, you you you, you black people got the word of God on you. You've always been a spiritual. They, they'll they'll gas you up, gas you up, because basically they don't want to let go power. That's what a lot of our white brothers and sisters do, and they are in, they are in trouble with the Most High for that. They are already in a type of hell. They're gonna suffer for that, because we're the people of God. Just like if we held them up, we'll be in trouble. So, the Father, my goodness, I begin to see that racism in between eighty-seven, eighty-eight in the church. I already knew it was outside the church. So when Kenneth Saban, Kenneth Copeland said, "I got something to tell you," he's first. I'm, I'm moving too fast. He says. I got something to tell you black people, but I can't tell you right now. He said that even after he said uh, what he said in 87, God is getting ready to use a black man like never before. And the first is going to be last and last is going to be first. He said that, but then he followed up with, I got something to tell you black people. As though that man found something in the scriptures. He said, but I just can't tell you right now. To this date, I don't know that Kenneth Copeland ever made a major announcement to black people about what that was. But when he said that at the convention, I was done with Kenneth Copeland. And to this very day, I'm done with Kenneth Copeland. And I'm not just done with Kenneth Copeland. I'm done with a lot of our white people, period. It's not that I don't love them. I don't trust them where black people's future is concerned. I'll listen to them teach on almost anything. But I don't listen to white people talk about the anything they're saying God gave them about black people because I found out something. Not just white people, but all people have bought into these certain scenario types. Black, white, and if you black, you do this. And if you white, you do that. And if a white man should have this, black man should have that. Black man shouldn't have that. White men shouldn't have that, and white men should be here. We bought these. We bought into this social construct of race based on color. And there's a lot of whites that feel like they're entitled, and they are not going to relinquish power to people that all their life they have been taught is property. Who have who was literally their property after slavery or during slavery? There's no way in the world those people are going to relinquish power. So I don't trust my white brothers and sisters where it relates to that topic. Just like I don't trust a lot of black people who just new wealth because they're not used right now. So I can't listen to them. They're not used. When people are not used of something, they can be abusive. A lot of our a lot of the young black millionaires are abusive. They don't know what to do with money. Even ministries that have come into a lot of wealth pretty quickly. I don't trust them people. I'd rather t- listen to someone that has had wealth for a while and that's more, you know, I'm serious. I'd rather listen to Catholics that have a lot of people, you know, that are Catholics that I'm not talking about. I'm talking about people, good people. Not all Catholics are bad, but there's people that have had money for a while and they're not going around trying to be bling bling and they know how to, they know how to go amongst everybody. You never know they got it. I like that. I think that's how the Father wants us to do. I don't like bling bling. Everybody know you. I don't like that Kim Kardashian mindset type of uh, flashy. I don't like all that. I don't think it's godly at all. If you want to do some of their money, do what they're going to do. Well, they can. But you're talking about what I, what I think the Father would prefer. That's just me. And, again, you're going to have to have somebody got to be a, a Solomon, though. But I was, some, some, some of us have to be bling bling. You just said you don't believe in bling bling. For the masses, I don't. 
I think it's immature for uh, a nation of people to be blinging, blinging with their money. I just think that's that's immature. I do think that the Father wants a Solomon. He wants somebody to flash wealth and treat it like it's nothing. I think that the Father wants some of us to be filthy rich and act like it's filthy rich. <laughs> filthy riches. It's it's amazing to see. I've had the opportunity in my life to see people super wealthy and treat it like it's nothing and talk to you and really be listening to you. It's amazing to see that. I've had the opportunity to see people with humongous ministries where they got hundreds of people working under them. They're known all over the world. And they talk to you just like you're their son, like a conversation I had with T.L. Osborne. If you don't know who T.L. Osborne is, let me get back to these five smooth stones, the name of my network, and where I get the five smooth stones, just like David had his five smooth stones, which is nothing more than five topics. Some of y'all don't know what those five topics are, so I'm going to talk about that. I'm trying to get around to it. But I met a guy, I didn't meet a guy, but I remember getting a hold of T.L. Osborne. T.L. Osborne they say have won more people to Christ since Jesus Christ himself. I've never heard of him. Well, that's because you're in the U.S. T.L. Oswald did a lot of his evangelism in Africa. This man looked, looked at crowds up to $100,000, 100,000 people every single day. Him and his wife, Daisy Osborne, who duplicated, they would break up as a couple. How many couples you know do, do this? She'd go to India, he'd go to Africa. Or she'd be in one part of Africa, he'd be in another, and they would, they would have big crowds. They knew how to get it to where a lot of people come. They would minister to 100,000 every night, every night. That's why he said he ministered more people since Christ. Well, one day I contacted him because I told him I had a problem with him saying Christ, uh, you can't be healed unless you have faith. Remember I told you all about the F.F. Bosworth book, how I read it, and I laid hands on my foot, and it went down, and I got healed. And after that, I started praying for people left and right. Well, some of them people, they act like they didn't believe, but I prayed for them, and they got healed anyway. Y'all, people was getting healed left and right. I'm not lying. And like I said, uh, uh, some some people went to hold the tabernacle over there by Dunbar, and uh, this is around the same era that Tamla Man would come through a lot of things, the y'all little shy girl. But Pastor Sample, you remember Brother Seth? Just say the brother. You ain't got to say my last name. Just ask him about Brother Seth. I went to that church one day, and I was on this, and I'm still on it. Christ wants us all healed. And I got up and said something I ain't never heard a minister say, ain't never heard a minister say this since, and I don't know if I would say it since. But I got up as a young minister at Holy Tabernacle Church of God in Christ, now superintendent sample. I think he's superintendent, maybe bishop. But I said to this man, because he had me on his staff, I said, while preaching one day, God is going to heal everybody in this church. I, I, I asked people to come up to be healed, and I said before they came up, the Father was going to heal them all. Because in the book F.F. F. Ballsworth, Christ the Healer, he points out, and the scripture more importantly points out, that Christ, when he went into this village, he healed them all. The only time Christ didn't heal folks was when they were saying, I don't even want you to pray for me. You married, you married baby. I know you're the carpenter's son. They 
that kind of stuff. They reject him, but people that, even if they said, I don't, he said, do you believe? No, Lord, he said, have my own belief. Even people that didn't believe, have my own belief me, I don't believe. <laughs> and he still got healed. Christ was doing the will of the Father. Well, what does the Father want? What I'm doing? What would the Father say in the matter? What I said? What does the Father think on this, Christ? What I'm thinking. <laughs> and that's what all of our goals are supposed to be. It ain't funny, but it is funny. So, kind of took a little side road, and I kind of lost my train of thought. But I'm going to get back. So anyway, brothers and sisters, and I'm going to get back to these five smooth stones, but I just... I just just want to get on here and just talk about the power. It'll come back. It'll come back, y'all. Just be doing the side road. That's why I, this, this, this right here to remind me stay on that track. But uh, so anyway, I was just talking about the love of the Father. He loves us, and He does want us healed. Somebody needs to hear that. He wants us healed all the time. And I kept saying, but you know, and y'all, I'm not talking down on y'all. I need to hear this myself. My wife gets on me all the time. Seth, why are you walking with a back pain? Why are you? And I'd be like, well, I know I got a slight little belly. I don't have too much of a belly. You can't see it when I stand up, but I do have a slight belly. Doctors have told me strengthen your core, strengthen your core, strengthen your core, Seth. Get that six pack back and it'll be up your back. And I just don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. So I know what's causing the back pain. So it's hard to pray when I know. You know, and I want to shout out to, uh, I see another little name here I know. And I, I don't normally do this, y'all. I do not call out names because as sure as I do, I'm going to forget somebody. But I want to call out a co-worker, old ex-co-worker, Miss Nesbitt. And also a cousin of mine, powerful cousin of mine, Dorothy Brown. Again, y'all, thank y'all for to my Facebook Live. I'm sure there's some other names there. Forgive me. I'm not looking that hard, y'all. You know, Nesbitt is, a, is something. As a matter of fact, the Nesbitt is, is one of those families in Cincinnati that I really, 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 really was impressed by. Maybe I'll talk about them one day, but they really, I really respect them, and I'll tell my wife. My wife know about the Nesbitt, Darren, Darren Nesbitt family. My wife actually know about it because I really, you ever seen an older couple that you aspire to be like? Well, there goes their daughter. I aspire to be like her mother and father. They look so loving, and they age so well. Good-looking people. Good night. The Nesbitt is a good-looking good -looking couple. So I tell my wife sometimes, we used to be like the Nesbitt. I know they was traveling there for a while, missionaries. And, and that's just, that's what I mean. It's, it's several couples like that. I have maybe, that's probably about six couples in my life like them that's older. They're, uh, you know, healthy last I heard, and then shape, and and they still look good. Black people, I love it. I love it. It does something to me. But anyway, that was a very inspirational time in my life. Again, brothers and sisters, I'm only talking about. I only brought that up to talk about again things that inspired me, and that was a good one, right? The Nesbit back in the day when I was. Uh, that was one of those times I had. I kind of got out of the church there, but not not still a believer, but just had issues with the church. So. Anyway, back on course, let's talk about, uh, oh, F.F. Bosworth, Book Christ the Healer. Yeah, brothers and sisters. So I was a regular, every Joe Blow Christian, and uh, so 
I read that book, Christ Healing, when it said, in, God, in Christ Heal Them All, I said, hmm, Christ Heal Them All, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm thinking about the little things I was struggling with. I had about three or four things I was struggling with. And so I'm saying, I know in that village there was all kind of people. But yet Christ healed them all. So like I said, I lay hands on my foot, and it went down instantly. And I got on the phone, I called everybody, I was like, you can't believe this. Man, I prayed for myself, my feet went down, and and, 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 and then I stood up, and there was no pain. After that, y'all, I felt like I was supposed to tell everybody. I remember my train of thought. So, y'all know Tamla Man. I'm sure y'all know Tamla Man. Well, she, Tamla Man used to uh, preach at a church called, not preach, she used to sing, and she was a very shy girl, very shy. Tam come up and sing, oh, sing for her. She got up there and hold my, she was fine, though, but she, well, it was around that era, around that time. And, um, uh, remember Temple, I was a minister, up there, a young minister, just was called to preach like the year or two before. It's around the same era when I had, was, uh, had talked to Karen Clark. I used to talk to her every night. I think I told y'all about that for like, I said three months on my, on my last show, but it actually was longer than that because, I was called, I think, around March, and I think I, I had issues with people, with ministers, and then I reached out to Maddie Moss Clark unsuccessfully, and then I ended up talking to the girls. I would call every day, Maddie Moss there? No. Maddie Moss, who is this? What do you want with her? So I ended up talking to one of them, and just probably because of the same age group, but it was around that same time. And I, would, I talked about that. I'm not going to talk about that now, but there was some history there with the Clarks, and then I ended up having to go in November. November came around, and I went to meet her. It was the same day, the same day that she shone endowed me the first time. And uh, anyway, and shout-out to, uh, oh, I can't find his name. I talked with a gentleman that interviewed them. Anyway, let me stay, stay on point. So brothers and sisters, it was around that era, okay, around the around. This was around... 80, had to have been 83, around March of 83. So anyway, around that time, I gets up at this church and I says this, Sister Cousin Dorothy Brown, you don't like this. This is one of my mother's friends. True story, this lady here is related to me, y'all, so I'm not lying. She called me out for real. This is like my elder for real, right there in the house, Dorothy Brown. So I gets up at Holy Tabernacle, some of y'all know him. I'm not lying. This is the internet. You can't lie. People come around and their posts. Pastor Sample said he don't know you. But he did he know me. I've been to his house, ate of his house lots I mean, not lots of time, one time. But he know me. Okay, he placed me over his ministry after this right here. He placed me over his outreach ministry after this happened. So I get up and I say, God is gonna heal everybody in here. Now then then I ask pray ask him to come forward. Y'all that was a line. I said to those people, I don't think I'll ever do that again, but I actually said this. God is going to heal all of them. Because I just got through reading F.F. Balls or Christ the Healer, where he said Christ healed them all. And I knew that the Father was the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he commissioned Christ to heal all those people and he hadn't changed, why would he want to heal me? There was people in that village that was liars, cheaters, you know, probably lust or something. And he healed a whole city of people? Mm-hmm. And I know I'm better. I, I, I was thinking, I know I'm not as bad as everybody in this village. So it's my thinking. 
I'm not, I can't be bad in everybody in that village. Yeah, I got this, I got that. You know, I used to like to look at nude magazines. That was one. I ain't telling y'all everything. But that was one. Just to, give y'all, to let y'all know, I'm, I'm, I'm very serious. Women has always been a problem. Just like King David, everybody else, see my all of them is like them now, issues with that all on them. Brother Seth, no different. I had problems. But he healed them all. <laughs> the Bible says he healed them all. Liars. You know when they come to pray, they wasn't all right. He wasn't he didn't go to no church. They was it was a city. He healed them all. I said he healed them all. I got that revelation from that book. I don't even think I read the rest of that book. I closed that book, put it to the side. I prayed for my foot. And once it got healed, my roommate came home. He was a man of God for real. This dude was serious. Man, I started telling him, Dan, you ain't going to believe this, man. He said, man, God is a healer. He said, like it wasn't. I said, no, Dan, I really got healed. You remember? And he saw me walk around. He was saying, because he saw me limping all week. So, Dan, he said, yeah, God is a healer. After that, I started praying for people. If Captain Joe Davis, they're my Facebook friend, ask them. See, I got proof. Gary Ellison, uh, uh, a.k.a. LSU Israel, ask him. These are friends. This is Facebook. You can, you can literally, this guy, man, I started praying for people like crazy. Because I feel like Christ wants us all healed. And I had the faith in his name. It wasn't about me no more. If y'all can understand what I'm saying. Yeah, I got on my little suit. I'm trying to look whatever. Yeah, I am. But I want y'all to listen to your brother because I'm serious right now. It wasn't about me. It wasn't about me. The book says, and Christ healed them all. And I knew a lot of people that were sick. Man, we got something called a state school here since in Fort Worth. My mom, my aunt found out that Seth was praying for sick, and he was he was finding out he was casting out devils or praying for people that had demons, and and they were saying he really people really. So my mother started saying she thought you know how mama do my baby he didn't say but she know I was already saved I was already but I just was I was more like mediocre type of Christian. So. Mom, mom was calling around telling me, so my aunt invited me to come to the state school. Now, this is real. Now, the state school got all kind of young people, and they had all kind of issues. I was praying for them young boys, and they were getting delivered from all kind of anger. The state school is it's kind of like a prison. And my aunt allowed me to go through the system to come in and pray for those boys. And she kept saying, oh, you going to come back? I said, well, ain't, ain't, ain't I'm a genius? I don't know. Now, my family can listen to this thing, y'all. Ain't Alma Jean and sister and Dorothy, this, she knows my family. This is my family. <laughs> Alma Jean, Dorothy, called me to the forward state school over there by O.D. Wise. And I went in there with these hard criminals that raped people and they killed people, literally killed people at the state school because they had mental issues. I was praying. I just expected 
God to heal them all. Now, did every single time I pray for somebody to get healed? I don't think so. I don't, I'm not going to say that. No, they didn't. What percentage of the people you saw get healed, Brother Seth? When I was outside of Christ's holy tabernacle, when I called that line, I'd say 80% of the time. 10% of the time, nothing happened. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it, I'm, I'm going to try to be more humble. I'm going to say 7%. 7% of the time, I, I see my cousin say yes. 7% of the time, people are here instantly. Because this is what I prayed. I command this headache to go right now in the name of Jesus. And you got to remember, I'm not pulling on who I am. I'm stupid enough to think they're going to get healed when I pray in Jesus' name. I just pray. So let's go to Holy Tabernacle. Now, this is real. These folks be on this blog, too, this line, too. So I go to pray for the first person. I said, God is going to heal everybody in this church. You don't do that. I ain't never heard nobody do that, and I recommend, I ain't going to, I won't recommend nobody do that. I just was just a young minister that just, Full of zeal, and maybe that's what we need to be. Because as I done got older, you know, married and all this stuff, I, I got baggage. No disrespect to my wife, but it's just marriage. The Bible says you know, married man prayers are hindered if you do right by your wife. And then I got up into more porn and more lust and more this and more that. Prayers hindered. That's what happened. But I still see God's power to this very day. Yes, I do. I'd be lying if I said I didn't. Some people listen to me, they know because they was probably the ones I prayed for. It ain't just me praying, people praying for me as well. This happened. This is not nothing new, okay? And I'm not even that good at it. There are some people that don't miss, been praying for the sick, 90% recovery, and they're still doing it. So anyway, let me finish what happened. Hold the tabernacle. Father, do something to me if I'm lying. It was about maybe, I want to say, I want to say maybe nine people in that line. Folks, you don't do this. You don't know who's going to come from that line. Let somebody say, I got cancer. So what? Cancer is no match for the most high. But I just said it. So the first person I prayed on, I prayed something like this. This is how I prayed back then. I wasn't saying Yeshua like I'm saying today. There's nothing wrong with saying Yeshua. Yes, sure. But... <laughs> And my cousins say, we are just crazy enough to believe he will heal. And I was, cousin. So, pass the sample, everybody looking. Like, what is this boy saying? I said, Christ is going to heal everybody. And I was bold with it, loud with it. I go down and pray for the person I think is, I don't know what it was. I, whatever it was, I pray something to the effect of, Father, in Jesus' name, I command this, da 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 lead this person right. And I would just say, in the name of Jesus, leave now. I would say now. And then I would do something else. I would hit the mic and say, because I got this off T.L. Osborne. By the way, T.L. is my favorite of all evangelists. And the Cyro. And I love these Cyros, y'all. So one day I actually called T.L. Osmond. True story. How'd you talk to T.L. Osmond? Well, I knew where he lived. He was here in town. And I knew they would put him up at a certain hotel. And I called and just asked for Osborne. 
well, we have a da 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 TL, and they, that back then they didn't harass you like they do now. They just put me through, and I could have got the wrong room. When I heard his name, I was like, it's T.L. Osmond. I said, Dr. Osmond, and I, was, I mentioned earlier, and I'll go back to Holy Tabernacle in a minute. I said, Dr. Osmond, yeah, you said tonight that God is a God. God can't heal you unless you believe. I say, Dr. Osmond, I've prayed for many people. I'm a little arrogant, but I'm not rude and I'm just, I, I'm not even arrogant. See, there I go, put myself down. I wasn't arrogant. I just had a question, y'all. This man is the number one, I can't say he's the number one healer, but he was like Oral Roberts or A.A. Allen, one of them big-time names. And he wasn't even in the States, so he was out, but he was huge. Like I said, they say T.L. Osborne had went, won more soul to Christ since Jesus because he ministered to ten to fifty to 100,000 people every single day, every single day. And his wife split the ministry, and she would go one way, he would go another, because there was a couple for sure they was. So I said, you said that God can't heal you unless you have faith. I said, Dr. Osborne, I pray for people and they didn't even believe hardly in God at all and they got healed. Now listen what this man of that statue said to me. Again, I'm talking about signs, wonders, and miracles all word over the years that have influenced me. Here goes one of those words. He said, um, that's that's good. Y'all may not know T.L. but he likes to kind of rhyme. This is dude, don't nobody preach like T.L. Osmond in the whole world. Never heard nobody even talk like him. He had this mustache rolled up, and he kind of rhymes sometimes when he preaches. And this dude, people come to the Lord like crazy. So I'm, I'm questioning his belief. He said, well, that's a good point. He said, I'd like to see you uh, believe for their salvation they be saved. Y'all hear what he said? I said, he said, he, he was preaching at the Kennecope Convention downtown Fort Worth, and he said, you cannot be healed unless you believe God. I prayed for people, and I knew they didn't believe. And once I prayed for them, I had that thing I did at Holy Tabernacle where I would ask them, how do you feel now? Is it gone? If they said, well, no, uh, Mr. Seth, uh, I will pray for him again. I'm not trying to come off as holy than now. Y'all please lose me with that. I'm just, it's just my testimony. I'm sharing things the Father has done in the past. It's not as often as it, as it should be now in my life because of sin and rebellion and this and that in the flesh, probably demonic activity. Yes, duh. I'm not proud of it, but I'm here. You know what y'all want to do, twerk or something? <laughs> I'm here to share my life. I have experienced so many powerful things, especially when I started traveling. And I'm saying, you know, it's crazy. I'm sitting with all these memories and stuff. And it's inside of me. Now, I've been blogging since 2011, but I don't talk like this. So I say, well, then he actually I do, but not this long, not just all me, because I have six co-hosts, and we will be sharing the mic. So now I don't share the mic as much. It's just me going with what the Father did. And I'm able to get a lot of this out, and I thank the Father for Facebook Live, even though they erased my most listened-to video that had 2,000 views. I'm not happy about that, and I'm going to do a repeat this week where I'm talking about proof of us being the Hebrews, the Jews of the Bible, scripture after scripture after scripture, talking about what our girls, what our, how we 
how people meet the characteristics that Moses says is going to be upon the women of Israel, how Moses said what's going to be upon the men, how they would act, how Moses said the people that lead them, how they would act, and then how Moses said to the people, how the scripture says people of the Bible would look. He literally talked about the physical look. So I'll use biblical proof to show who are who we are as a people, which I believe with the Israelites. That's a whole other topic. Let's get back. So I'm at Holy Tabernacle, and I'm praying for person. Person number one, how do you feel? Will you sit the mic? I say, okay, did God heal you? I say, how do you feel? What did you say was hurting my back? I said, well, how is your back now? And I would say, well, now this is going to be a little funny, but again, I idolize T.L. Osborne and people like that, the Hagans and people like that. And what T.L. Osborne would do when he prayed for people, he would say, go ahead and do what you couldn't do. Remember I told you I rhyme a lot. So he would say, do what you couldn't do. Except he prayed for 100,000 people. And T.L. Osborne would say, interrupt me if you get a miracle, because what I'm saying ain't that important in your miracle. So if you get a miracle, interrupt me. So this is what I was listening. This is what I was chewing on, y'all. This is what I was eating back in the day. And I was just, I was eating those people up. I was eating those people. I was believing what they were saying. F.F. Ballsworth's book, Christ the Healer, is what started off. So I'm praying for this lady. And I said, okay, ma'am, do what you couldn't do. Go ahead. And if they say they back, I want them to use their back. I want them to say, I want people to say I'm not making this up. And I let them say, yeah, I say, listen, if you, don't, if you don't get healed, it's not a problem because we can pray again. And I would say, well, how do you feel? Oh, it's gone, Minister. Minister Seth. Oh, they call Minister. It's gone, Minister Seth. I say, praise God. Hold the tap went crazy. All right, next person. Well, my, well, my brother said I got this going on me. A minister said I got this going on me. And I said, I pray, and I command, I talk to whatever they had wrong with them. I command this head. I command these legs. I command, because the Bible gives us the authority to speak just like Christ. I ain't nobody. I said, I ain't nobody. You're right. I agree. I'm nobody. But what about his word? His word can't fail. If you have faith in that name, just like it's a credit card, you can use it. And I would just get on doing on his credit. Today? Well, what about today, sir? Well, today when I try to use that name, oftentimes the enemy comes and he'll bring up things I'm doing or one of his tactics. And he can't say his tactic. The Bible says if you do such things, your prayers are ended, especially if you're married. I'm not saying I have a horrible marriage or nothing like that. I, I really don't. But there are times when I'm not, my wife and I, we're not gelling. Or I'm beefing with a friend. I'm just unforgiveness in my heart. And I know what the scripture says about unforgiveness. So I tend to not. Apply the card, the credit card, the name at certain times because I know I'm not living right. Okay? But again, it's a credit card. It ain't based on how we live. And I know it's easy for me to say that, but sometimes that's how the enemy scored with me. But today, 2023, he still is real. And he's talking to you right now through me. Believe that. So go to the second person. Same thing. They heal. Church goes crazy. They're getting all excited now because I said Christ is going to heal them all. 
I want y'all to hear me, hear me, hear me. So we praying, all of a sudden, the next person get healed, and the next person get healed. Folks, Cody Tabernacle is shouting. It's only one person left. They they shouting. Pastor Sample looking like I mean you know. After that, Pastor Sample put me over his outreach for a short period of time. I'll tell you what happened. I'm gonna tell you now what happened. I got so comfortable. He said, "Brother, said we want to take you to the rest home." I said, "Okay, that's a good place to go." I went off in that, y'all. We started praying for people left and right. There's this one guy. He would have these headaches. And he, he, every time we would pray, he would get healed, and he, he'd tell you. You know, I still got it. And you pray, and when he get healed, he would sit a little bit longer, and he'd leave. We considered, why he always leave? He just wanted the blessing, and he left. He got healed every every week. I don't know why I didn't think to say pray to never come back, but I just prayed that those, those headaches would leave, I mean, that headache would leave, and he would always leave. And I, it's so people going back telling Pastor Sam, because he want to know what happens to the restaurant, what happens to the restaurant. Brother Seth was praying, brother got healed, blah, 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 blah. So word got around. Then I made the mistake. Again, young, zeal, zealous, without knowledge. I made the mistake and did this. I started telling people, so, ma'am, you heal. You are healed. You should go and listen to your doctor. Go get her. Go to, because I saw one of the ministers do that. <laughs> you don't do that. I didn't know. So I thought getting their doctors involved. And Reverend Sam said, okay, this can get scary. We might want to get in the lawsuit. So that's when he pulled me from. He still liked me, still had me on. Still was a minister up until I went to Calvary. But the last person, y'all, I prayed for her, and she says, Brother Seth, it's still there. I prayed for her again. Brother Seth, I still have a sore throat. Okay. I said, well, I remember when Christ said he prayed for a lady once. And the lady, I think I prayed for her once and she said that. I may have prayed twice, so I don't remember. But whatever I was doing in front of her and the audience, she didn't get healed. So I said, you know what, Christ prayed for a person twice. He said, I remember, how many of you remember when Christ prayed for the eyes, blind eyes, and the man saw the hands went up? I said, well, this is what we're going to do. I looked to my left. If you ever went to Holy Tabernacle, you know there's a water fountain to your right if you're in the audience. If you're a minister, there's a water fountain to your left. So I happened to look over to the water fountain. I thought, well, we don't have no mud to put in her eye. And it wasn't her eye anyway. I thought, about well, Christ did put mud in a blind man's eye. So I said, well, you know what, sister? I believe if you go over there and get a water, I just pray. I just, we're just going to agree that that water, when it touches your throat, it's going to heal your throat. What made me do that? I don't know. Scriptures. I just wanted something to touch inside her throat. So I stood where I stood, and she walked over, everybody watching. So the woman goes to the drink, and when she, she, when, she, when she drinks the water, God is my witness. Wait, may he do something to me if I'm lying, y'all. God is my witness. The lady did not walk back over to me. She shouted back over to me. And I give you one reason why you think she shouted. And he healed them all. So I just continued to pray for people, and I would just get. And that was a, that was a year I won like seventy something to the Lord. I was on fire 
This was the year around, like I said, 80, um, it was like 83, called a preaching 82, uh, left, rolled into the church garden of Christ shortly thereafter, went to Holy Tabernacle. While I was at Holy Tabernacle, yeah, it was around 83, 84. And uh, this was a time. The Father was just using me. I don't know what made me think of uh, calling, getting Maddie Moss Clark involved. Father, do you know the spirit? All kinds of things happened to me, and I was just walking around experiencing all kinds of stuff. And I look back now, and like that was powerful. You talk to Karen Clark Street every night. I mean, of course, it was friends encouraging each other. You know, I didn't know that I wanted to talk to they be who they are today. But I'll tell you one thing. I'll share with y'all really briefly on that. Then I'm gonna get into the five smooth stones. It's all a little jingle. I'll tell y'all something though. Um, so we. I never said this part about the Karen Clark thing. I kept saying I don't want to talk about her a lot because I want people to think I'm using that name because the Father's done something for me as well. And by the way, Karen Clark got to talk to Brother Seth, and that was a blessing. Okay, it ain't no one-way, two-way street or one-way street. But I'll tell you something powerful that happened. So I would talk to her every night. All throughout the day, I ran up a $500 phone bill calling Sorrento Drive, believe that. So, um, and I talked to all of them. Uh, you know, who is this? It would always ask questions. I'd probably talk to every single one of them, every single one of them. I never asked their name. They was, it was, they was intimidating to me because they said, who is this? Why do you want to speak with Mama? They weren't rude, but I said, well, I just feel a little <laughs> discouraged, and I was. I'll tell you one of the problems I think I had. I, I think I had lots of problems. I went to talk to Maddie Miles Clark. I had a friend of mine that saw what I was going through. I would be in these churches, and everybody would be hooping, you know, how these people hoop. Well, I didn't hoop. I was in the Church of God in Christ, and I did not hoop. And I hope my cousin is still on, Dorothy, Jane, if you're still on. Hopefully you're still listening. Folks, listen, true story. I'm trying to get people on that. They, she may not know this story, but she leads on my mother. And I want to be accountable tonight, even those of you listening. I want y'all to know I'm not making this up. So, um, Maddie Moss, I never talked to her. Never. I believe she was there, but I never talked to her. And what I was going to talk, what I was going to ask her is, I don't want to hoop. God didn't give it to me to hoop. Told me to win souls. I didn't even know about the we the Israelite thing and all the things I talk about now. The five smooth stones I'm about to get on that I feel I've been called to do. See, everybody called to to be a minister of reconciliation. All of us are called to win people to Christ. When a person say I call to the ministry and that's all they do, I don't know that that's normally like Paul's call to the Gentiles. Everybody has a certain bent, a certain some message or something, you know. Uh, anyway, I don't know everything though. So later on, what I never talked about the clocks, I never said this. I never. I don't think I ever told y'all this. So. Eventually, Karen Clark said, well, do you ever know by, by Church of God in Christ Convocation? I said, no. I said, I don't know if I said no or not, but I know a friend of mine, I actually did know about the Church of God in Christ Convocation because I was, even though I was going to hold a top neck of Church of God in Christ, I kept hearing about the convocation. I just, you know, how you're young, you're just moving too fast. But I never knew about the November and all the mission, the, the mission musicians that come, how they have the best musicians. And she would tell me about it. I didn't know nothing about it. But I made my mind I wanted to go after talking to her. So watch what happened. 
So a friend of mine, I said, let's go to the convocation. I want to meet this Karen Clark, this my my, my friend I be, that I met, you know. And so he said, okay. So we drive down to Memphis, uh, Brother David Johnson and Sister, uh, little girl that was interested in him, I forget his, her name, Sister Eleanor, 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 I think it is, Evelyn, Sister Evelyn, Sister Evelyn and Brother David Johnson. We drove to... Memphis, and I remember Karen was telling me about a place called, it's so silly me saying this now, because this is very popular, stuff, but it probably wouldn't be as popular if they didn't blow up the way they did, but Memphis Temple, the same, not Memphis Temple, um, uh, Mason Mason Temple, where Dr. Martin Luther King was actually killed, actually, uh, killed the next day after he preached at Mason Temple, but she said, meet there because we have a choir rehearsal. Now, some of y'all was in that choir in Dallas-Fort Worth because the choir was like 500 voices. So she said, well, meet. She told my mate, you should, you should check out Mason Temple. You should go. It's where people got healed. So I said, I got to go check out this place. You said, people got healed. He said, people got healed at Mason Temple. You should know. So I started, you know, uh, getting interested in Mason Temple. So I went to Mason Temple and learned all that about the healing, the Dahad, a bishop, a Mason. Because I was new to coach. Y'all remember I was Pentecostal. So... She said, meet her at the choir stand, all right? So I, the next day, they were sold out in Memphis. We couldn't get no hotel. But the guy that was booking up, that's nothing of the story. Okay, stay focused, because I still get on the fire some song. So I just want to tell you this. Look, I never shared this, so I'm so glad I thought to say this. So watch this. About to meet the sisters, all of them. So for the first time. So anyway, I uh, go up in the temple. And where I'm coming in, I don't know if Mason Temple was still like this, but when I walked in, all 500 voices was looking at me because there was nobody, everybody else was sitting down. And guess who, brothers and sisters, was on the organ? Now, you wouldn't know this unless you was at this rehearsal. It was Douglas Miller. I had met Douglas Miller at a church by the name of Saintsville Church of God in Christ, Bishop Mitchell, a couple of times. So he was the only person I knew. He, he uh, uh, S. C. Mitchell, y'all, is a powerful man. This man actually was raised from the dead. No, really, Bishop, S. C. Mitchell is the only guy I know that was raised from the dead ever. S. C. Mitchell, that man, his organist, Douglas Miller. I know y'all know Douglas Miller. Come on now. But anyway, if you don't, he's a very popular guy. But he was on the organ. But he was the only voice I rec- only person I could see, and I didn't want to look up really at, the, at that five hundred voice because I was intimidated. Y'all, I'm walking there, Mason Temple. You know, how you walk that long little path, and the choir's over to the left. I'm I'm coming in on the right side. So she says, "Come to the choir rehearsal." So I go to the choir rehearsal, and so after they was just letting out, or uh, uh, they was just letting out. Maybe, I don't know if it was on a break or not, but she, they had paused, and so everybody kind of started talking. And I said to Douglas. I said, hey, Douglas. He said, hey, how you doing? I said, you remember me, man? I said, I said I'm from, Fort, I'm from uh, Fort Worth. He said, oh, okay. I said, listen, I'm trying to find Karen Clark. I've never shared this, y'all, so just check this out real quick. This is my little friend that encouraged me, me encouraging her many, 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 many times. $500 worth of calls, for sure. That's a lot of talking back in the day. And so he yells above all of those 500 voices. I'm, I'm assuming 500, y'all, maybe 200. Kind of embarrassing, right? Very embarrassing. But I just thought to say this now because I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna keep forgetting to say this, and I just didn't want to talk too much about Karen Clark, and, you know. So I'm gonna get this out now. So anyway, he calls Karen. 
Just like that. Just like I just said it. Karen! Loud on the mic, you know, because he's, he's conducting them from the organ. You would think Twinkie would be on all, but it wasn't Twinkie, it was Douglas Miller. Okay? So he called, and then when I watched this, so when I walked through all these people, because they're on the end, kind of. So when I walked to, to the end of this aisle, I kid you not, I just remember five girls, by five girls saying these words, oh, oh, so you the boy be calling to school all the time. Uh-huh, yeah, you the boy. And, and so that was my first time. And then she said, hi, I'm Karen. And then when she was saying, hi, I'm Karen, these other girls just rushed, bum-rushed us and said, oh, so you, so I understand it now who they were, Denise and Jack and all them, but and and I think I think she pointed out these are my sisters and so so I went on down later. Make the long story short, we just talked a little bit. Make the long story short, and um, to make the long long story short, so she had mentioned about uh, 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 I had told her I was going to see a Reverend uh, Whitehead. I can't think of that man named Baldhead because I was his her mother was in concert. Make the long story short, I end up seeing her again. I'm jumping over a lot of stuff, y'all. I end up seeing her again at the Memphis Convention Center after she had sung. I looked at the year. I don't remember the song, but I looked at the year, and they said that was the year she sung in Dalvin. I think it was 83, 84. Anyway, that was it. I met her uh, after she sung the song. She had told me she was going to meet me after the choir. After the choir. She told me where to meet, and I met her, and that, and that was pretty much it. That just happened to mention her. But we always talk about the five sweet songs. But we talked a little bit afterwards. She ended up going her way because God brought us together to encourage me, I think. I was just going through a lot with ministers in the Church of God in Christ. I was wanting to lead the Church of God in Christ. I just wasn't sure about myself. And, and Karen Clark, of all people, didn't know that much. Wouldn't have, known, wouldn't have been as helpful as her mother, but she tried. And she encouraged me. And I stayed with the Church of God in Christ for a little bit. Then I ended up leaving and joining Karen going to another thing. But that girl was used, believe that. So, uh, five smooth stones. So, what's brother? What's this five smooth stone you talk about, brother Seth? And then we're gonna take a little short break, short, short, short break, and um, I gotta get into some things, y'all. Listen, what's coming up? I'm gonna talk about Taba, Taba, Egypt, and when I was going to Israel and I got stuck. Some of y'all heard it. Just bear with me if you heard it. Y'all, there's a lot of people coming in. I want them to hear these powerful stories. These are some of my most favorite stories. If you heard it, just be patient. I want to talk about American Airlines system called Timatics. Timatics. American Airlines has a system that y'all may not know about. I probably if I'm supposed to be telling y'all about it. But when you call and you want to go international, there are certain rules that govern when you go international. And as a co-worker, if Miss Darren Nesbitt is still on, she knows what I'm talking about. Darren worked at American Airlines when I was there, and uh, you had to look over time matters. And I want to tell you about some racist laws they have. That's because that's one of the things I'm getting ready to tell y'all that the father called me to talk about is racism. Maybe I'll talk about time matters, but it's a lot of things I've made notes of that's straight up race. You have no idea they're doing to our people when we go to their various countries, and they're not doing it to white people. So also, I want to talk about a situation happening in Guam. Uh, I want to talk about some people, Kirk and Minerva, and I want to talk about one of the most powerful people in, that influenced my life, a young lady. And uh, my wife and I already talked because, you know, some of these people that I actually liked, and uh, they just was a blessing. And my wife and I, we talked about it before I started doing this Facebook Live. She may be listening right now. 
And this girl right here was used the most high. You better hear me. And so it wasn't so much what she taught me as who she introduced me to. We're talking about hundreds of people. And this would affect uh, some people that went to Cincinnati that they have something called the Black Book Fair. Even some people that would be that would frequent that book fair. We're talking about big name people that the that's known in our community and this sister helped me and I'm gonna talk about that. But this is all we're coming from the break. So let's talk about really quickly the five stone. Um you know what? I think we should go and take the break and just talk about that afterwards. So let me take a little break. Gotta take care of a few things and then we're gonna come back and uh talk about five some song, the name and these things I just mentioned and more. All right? So we'll be right back, brothers and sisters. I'm gonna take a little quick break. Be right back. Are you a podcaster, YouTuber, lecturer, public speaker, or pastor? Did you know that having your audio transcribed has a panoply of benefits? Transcriptions help you create merchandise, improve your search engine optimization, grow your listenership, viewership, readership, and protect your content from potential shadow banning. If you would like more information, please contact Yoel Described at YoelBenYisrael.com. That's Y-O-E-L-B-E-N-Y-I-S-R-A-E-L.com. I look forward to hearing from you soon. Shalom. I come here tonight and plead with you. Believe in yourself and believe that you're somebody. As I said to a group last night, nobody else can do this for us. No document can do this for us. No Lincolnian Emancipation Proclamation can do this for us. No Kennesonian or Johnsonian Civil Rights Bill can do this for us. If the Negro is to be free, he must move down into the inner resources of his own soul and sign with a pen and ink of self-assertive manhood his own Emancipation Proclamation. Don't let anybody take your manhood. Be proud of our heritage. As somebody said earlier tonight, we don't have anything to be ashamed of. Somebody told a lie one day. They couched it in language. They made everything black, ugly, and evil. Look in your dictionary and see the synonyms of the word black. It's always something degrading and low and sinister. Look at the word white. It's always something pure, high and clean. But I want to get the language right tonight. 
I want to get the language so right that everybody here will cry out, Yes, I'm black. I'm proud of it. I'm black and beautiful. Network with simultaneously broadcasting on Blog Talk Radio at the same time we are doing Facebook Live. I want to thank you for listening to the Five Network. Normally I have about six co-hosts, five co-hosts. They they show up, but right now we haven't been together in a while, brothers. I've been doing this uh, blog, this Facebook Live for about a month, and I'm experimenting. I'll, maybe we'll bring them on. I think, but, but you saw Brother uh, Ambassador Purcell Pache. He joined me one time. This is the Eliana joined me another time. There's four more people that hopefully I would, well, we will hook up, uh, re-hook up in the future. Again, we kind of went our separate ways now, but I do still call them our um, family. So, again, there's about uh, seven of us all together. So just know that they probably wondering what's going on, but Brother says it's experimenting. They actually, they, they know what's going on because I keep saying it every week. But we're experimenting. I'm, I'm, I'm filling out Facebook Live, and then I have a YouTube channel. I'm going to eventually move all of our videos over there, get that channel up and running, and then uh, we'll, do, we'll start doing Facebook Live after we've gotten 1,000 subscribers. Y'all know how YouTube requires that. So let's get back to our topic and finish up here. So I want to talk about a young lady that's very, very important, uh, 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 was definitely important, and that was a, a, a friend of mine named Rosalind. I won't mention her last name out of security for her. Somebody might not like what she did. So I think what I'm going to do with a lot of the uh, people that I've known in the past, just their first names, okay? But she know who she is, and a lot of y'all know me probably know who she is, and that's all that matters. Uh, plus, Rosin probably got more money than all my friends combined, and that could be a problem all by itself. I just so I know how it is when, you know, you have to be careful. So anyway, Rosalind. Let me share, again, I'm sharing with y'all sign wonders and miracles and powerful words over the years people have spoken that have changed my life. Did it cause my course to change? Then I'm probably going to talk about you at some point or another. I'm not talking about good friends. I've had a lot of good friends over the years. People I love, some of the most funnest people didn't impart to me spiritual things, but we had other fun and good, clean fun I'm talking about. But there's some people that probably wasn't that long in my life, or maybe they was long, now, brothers and sisters is tops. Nobody influenced me probably more than they have over the years because they've been with me the longest, and my mother and dad, obviously, some relatives even. But I'm talking about some people that outside of them, because I'm going to mention my brothers and sisters. I've uh, eventually a special show for them. Maybe I'll bring them on. But this is Rosalind I want to talk about. Now, I... Again, when you're living right and you're praying for, to the Father to help you and open up your eyes and teach you and educate you, you got to be careful because the Father just may answer your prayers. And this was back in the day uh, when I was um, going through some things. And um, 
Let me just share with y'all a little something, okay? I was married once. A lot of people don't know that. Some of you going, <laughs> yeah, I was married once before. And this first marriage was, and that's another person, powerful person. I don't disrespect anybody I ever had a relationship with because I don't marry, I don't date, I don't go out with stupid, crazy people. I go out with people of God, and if I have any, spend any kind of time with them, I respect them dearly. And so just equally like I did uh, Karen Clark, I wasn't, we weren't girlfriend, boyfriends, but that was just a little something that we just mostly was friends trying to encourage each other. But just like that, I respect everybody equally. And this, and this ex-wife of mine, I respect mightily. As a matter of fact, I have not met nobody, I don't think, cast out demons like she did with spirits talking, like on the exorcist. And that's one of the reasons I, I, I was attracted to her because of the power the sheer power that she had. I've never seen anybody, just like I used to pray for the sick, and I, I told y'all what, what was on me, and it was on me strong. I don't think I had a gift. I just think I just believe the Bible. But this person was even operating stronger than that. That's why I say I'm nobody. There is some of you smarter than me. You talk better than me. You believe God faster than me. Well, this was one of those types of prayers. That's why I married her. But I found out you don't marry people for spiritual reasons. You have to marry for things you have in common in the flesh. And you also pay attention to the spirit. I didn't know that. So I saw this person moving like that in the spirit. And I was like, uh-uh. And I even had a, a young lady I was dating at the time, and I just abandoned her, hurt her, hurt that person. I, and I tried to explain, this is who I feel I'm supposed to marry. I know y'all flipping out on this, some of y'all. But, yes, Brother Seth was married. We're married long because I recognized I made a mistake and, and um, a lot of people were shocked when I was getting divorced then because we got along so well. But I just, I knew that wasn't who I was supposed to be married to. And, and having married, being married now to my beautiful wife, Arlene, it makes sense because it's like night and day. I love Arlene. And I, I love this person as a person, but it's a difference when you're in love and you love somebody. Love somebody is one thing. Being in love is a whole different ballgame. So the first Wedded, the first marriage. It's all types of guilt. My brother says, what about the miracles now? Do you still pray for the two to No, it's not like that. I still pray for the sick, of course, all the time. You know, it, when I say all the time, I mean if it comes up, I, I pray. But I don't see the results as I had. I see results now, but I'm, I'm, let's go back to the time after I got the first marriage is what I'm talking about. Back then, your brother was not going doing good. That's when the miracles was like at an all-time high. I mean, I was praying for people. My phone was ringing. I, I cannot tell y'all how many times people say, come here, come there. Guys, you know, a person we think has a spirit, they would call me. I'm serious, brothers and sisters. I'll get over and get in my car and go over and pray for people and get delivered, some of them. Well, when I got married, it came to a halt. So if you're married, be careful. Prayers are hindered. And in our hands about the most high per se, it's the guilt. It's hard. The Bible says God is greater than our conscience and knoweth all things. It's hard to pray when you ain't right. It is. So, I was trying to live right, and I just kept praying and just kept doing it. So, I was needing to carpool. Everybody kept saying, you need to drive into Woodhaven and you just carpool. So I put in the carpool and there's this young lady by the name of Rosalind. Answered. Now, Rosalind is a completely different kind of woman. I would never 
talk to Rosalind under normal circumstances. And it's not because of how she looked or none. It was because of how she talked. <laughs> very educated. Very, not nerdy, but this is a smart being. <laughs> I've talked with, a lot of people I've talked to smart. But she's very classy and she never wanted for nothing to seem like in her life. And I'm just probably used to that. I, 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 I deal with people that make the long story short. When I started to hang out with this person, she challenged my faith. She didn't believe in Kenneth Copeland. She didn't believe in none of the white ministers. She wasn't fond about Calvary. That's what I mean by I would never have dated her. Listen, because the Father sent her. Watch this. So this girl starts coming out. I said, you need, you need to go to the Kenneth Cup Convention. So I stood in line to get the first row just so this girl can get. She was already a believer, but I wanted her to really find God. Because <laughs> she didn't believe in white people ministers. She wasn't racist. She just felt like my church is good enough. Why are you going around white people? Why are you going around white people? So I tried to convince her the word is different. She said, no, I don't think the word is different at all. I said, Rosalind, you go to a Baptist church. They sang them hymns. You need to go to non-denomination. You need to. So she was like, not buying. We argued, argued. But God, the Most High, sent that girl. So she goes to Kenneth Copeland Convention. And Kenneth Copeland is preaching. And she is as close as, I don't know if y'all can see this, Kurt. She, he got, at one point, he was like this close to her, like within arm lengths. And she was on the front row by Gloria Copeland them and Jerry Savelle all of them. That's the seat I got for Ross. Because <laughs> she needs to really hear the word. And she came, and I'm so glad she got the first seat, the front row, so she can tell me what she's about to tell me. She said, I listen, I appreciate you getting the seat for me. I heard what he said. I can't see what you're saying, though. I don't see him being that much more with my pastor. He gave a good word, said he preached the word, he went from the scripture, so does my pastor. Now, she goes to Mount Olive in Arlington, Texas. Google Mount Olive in Arlington, Texas. That's where she went. I'm thinking, you got to be crazy. That man who, uh, I say, Rosalind, we disagreed. We never agreed, actually. But watch what the Father does. You have to be careful, thinking you know more than somebody else because they're Baptist or because they're holders, because they're whatever, because they're not in church at all. People got something for you. Make the long story short. Rosalind invited me to go to... Black bookstore in downtown Dallas. When I went to the black bookstore in downtown Dallas, the best way I can describe what happened is I died and rose again. <laughs> I never heard 
of the kind of people that uh, my eyes was looking at. Dr. Cornell West, Dr. Yosef Ben Yakanan, we the black Jews do testify the white Jew myth. Chosen from the carcasses, Michael Bradley, white guy. But I'll tell you a name she used to listen to that disturbed me, and we got to a big argument. She used to listen to, and she listens to Louis Farrakhan. When that girl told me she listened to Louis Farrakhan, we almost lost our friendship. I say, Rosalind, why do you listen to Louis Farrakhan? Anybody that don't have the knowledge to accept Christ, I ain't got time for them. Not that I don't think they can't be right, but I'm not going to spend my time with somebody that knows how to knowledge and the wherewithal to accept Christ. And I got to her. Next day she said, you know what? I listened to you. God was using both of us. I listen to you and you make a lot of sense She said but I got to thinking about my degree Now at the time She lived off Madlock in Arlington Probably shouldn't have said it But y'all know her last name She had a She lived where white people Wasn't even there yet <laughs> Had a One of the nicest house on block Had a BMW paid for This girl was rolling In the long time ago before any white people got there, there was this black girl balling in Arlington, Texas. Those just not familiar with Arlington, that's where Cowboy Stadium is. So she had a lot going on for her. She said, all of this stuff I have is because I listened to some white men, many of which hated my guts, Seth. But I listened to them and I got something called a degree. And it forced me to listen to, it forced me to live like this. You're telling me that I can't listen to a man that I know love me so much so he's got to have bodyguards. I don't know if y'all get in the correlation there. She said, I listen so hard to my oppressors, I've been able to make a living. They've made this whole life for me by, by me getting their education. And now you're saying I can't listen to somebody that loves me? She put something on my mind. So I started listening to Farrakhan. And the first time I heard him say, you a damn fool, I was done. I said, Ron, I tried, I tried. But the man just got through cussing. <laughs> God was trying to set me free, brothers and sisters. He said some, a powerful point. But he ended with, you a damn fool. Make the long story short, I couldn't get over his point, though. He was talking about black people that's breaking their neck to live next to white people that's suffering from self-hate. And you're talking about how you're the only black on your block and you're the only black in your city. And he said, you think you're free, but choose a damn fool. He went a little deeper. And I said, that's powerful, but I didn't like him. So I listened to him, but then she had these things called final calls. And I would look at a final call and say, man, this makes so much sense. Make the long story short, I listened to Farrakhan. And I'm still not a Muslim after all these years. 
But the purpose of me listening to Farrakhan was because I had been taught by my my whole upbringing that he a hater. And my mother and father said, you don't never supposed to be associated with haters and hatred and Muslims. So that's why I had nothing to do with Farrakhan. So I fought with that girl. And when I would listen to him, I was like, dang, he makes so much sense. And I recognized what God was doing. I want y'all to listen to me well tonight. Not just black people, but all people in America has an umbilical cord. The Father showed me it's like an umbilical cord attached to our head. All of us. And listen to me, brothers and sisters. God was not about to get me listening to somebody that hated. God was trying to get me to open up my mind to see how I had ingested beliefs about myself that wasn't right. I still to this day rebuke Farrakhan, Elijah Muhammad, and any of you black people out here talking about hating white people. I'm not with it. Never been with it. Might be frustrated. May have be sick, tough, tough love. But I've always worshipped with white and I always will. Not to try to make be just because they're human beings. But I needed to hear what Farrakhan is saying. Then when I went to one of his conventions, eventually I began to listen and open up to him and say, this man is really speaking the hearts of a lot of our people. I just can't get with the hate. Then when I went to his convention and seeing my own eyes white people, it was over. I said, they lied. They've been lying on this man. I saw white people actually listening and enjoying I'm like, I don't understand. What I'm trying to see is Rosin was putting my life to open up my horizon. Now watch what's about to happen. So this girl takes me to some called a black bookstore in Dallas. God is real. I'm talking about signs, wonders, and miracles of our God in my life. So watch what happens. She takes this black bookstore. Now I have trouble with the name black books black bookstore. Black bookstore. Again, I worship with White's Calvary. Every time I go to church, I'm sitting here in a white person, even when I was little. So when you start talking about black bookstore, black this, black that, flags go up in my head because I was raised to love all people. So was God getting ready to teach me hate? No. Why you listen to Farrakhan? Because just because somebody hate. It don't mean they have other truths. Just like when Rosalind was saying, I got a degree from race. Some of my professors was racist, but I... And those of you, y'all just heard the little lady say 90 seconds. That means if you're on Blog Talk Radio, you need to call the number if you want to keep listening. We're going to roll over a little bit tonight. Brother Seth is long-winded. So if you want to keep listening to me, you got to call the number if you're on Blog Talk Radio. If you're on Facebook Live, stay put. I'm going to wrap up here in a second. All right? Again, call the phone if you're on Blog Talk Radio. If you want to keep listening, the phone number is. And also, if you want to comment on something I'm saying, I you also, you can call the phone number as well. Uh, but you got 60 seconds if you want to ask me a question, make a phone call or whatever. My phone number, the phone number to call if you want to make a quick comment. Uh, once you're on, you can stay as long as you want, but you got to call it in 60 seconds now. 914 205 
5590. Again, if you want to talk to me, you got 60 seconds. Blog Talk shuts off y'all in a little bit, but Facebook Live will keep going. Again, 914-205-5590. Call it if you're on Blog Talk Radio you want to keep listening. Otherwise, you got to wait till we finish it, then you can go back and listen to the whole thing. So this woman was put in my life, I believe, to open up my mind. See, I was worshiping with whites, and I couldn't see some things because every time somebody say black, I'm like, okay, you must hate white people. Or that 10 seconds is. Hopefully y'all tune in. And again, I want to thank y'all for tuning in to the Five Swim Stone Network, where we're simultaneously both on Blog Talk Radio and Facebook Live. Five Swim Stone Network, brothers and sisters. Again, we thank you for tuning in. I'm going to wrap it up here in a little bit, but y'all got to hear what I'm about to say. I promise you this is going to be the best part of the show. Watch what's about to happen. So, I this young lady was used of God. Rosalind was put in my life. Back in 80, 85, after the Kojic thing, God put Ross in my life. So you need to see what I mean by sign wonders and miracles. I reach, I, I, I'm just a young man trying to find my way. And I, different people come. I told you how friends say, hey, you know what, Seth, what you're going through, you should call Maddie Moss Clark. Well, I don't know if I can call Maddie Moss Clark, but, but then I knew how to try to, so I was able to call Maddie Moss Clark, hey, uh, call Detroit, call director assistant. Yes, they was in director assistant. Yes, they was. And uh, like I said, made that connection. Uh, lady, our director assistant, and, and I said, do you have a Maddie Moss Clark? Well, she said, we have two Maddies. So we have a Maddie on such and such. We have a Maddie Moss. A Matt, no, no, she didn't say Maddie Moss. She said, we have a Maddie on, and she may have said M. Clark. I think she said Maddie, though, because it would be with a lot of M. Clarks. But she, that woman was listed. Yes, she was. So I ended up pick, pick, choosing one with Sorrento. But anyway, so much for that. But the father used, the reason why I brought that up, the father used that situation. You know, even though I never got a chance to talk with Maddie Moss Clark, I ended up talking to Karen Clark, and I still got the encouragement. Now, they weren't blue. They weren't big, y'all. They weren't that big. No, they wasn't. So it was just like talking to another friend of mine, really, but I still knew that, I still listened to her. Little challenges she had and challenges I had. Just two young people make their way. But the father used it because I was getting ready to quit the church. I was getting ready to quit the church because they was giving me a hard time because I wasn't hooping. I, I, have, was been, I was embarrassed a few times because as a minister, I would get up and I would teach like I'm doing right now. And the minister behind me may get up and go, and God saying. So I was feeling like, you know, there's nothing I didn't do, y'all. I didn't shout. I'm telling you, I needed to speak with Maddie Moss Clark. I couldn't talk to my mother about that. My mother and I was having some kind of issues. I couldn't speak freely about my faith to my mother because I was a new believer. You know, or I knew what a new believer, but I just couldn't speak freely to my mother and my family. So they said, we talked to Maddie Moss Clark. She knew about music. And I forget, it may have been Carol Cobbs, it may have been David Johnson, one of them. I don't know which one of them. I, I, I think it was Carol Cobbs, who was a singer locally here. But anyway, um, I know I don't t- took a little side road, but like the father used Karen Clark, like I said, at, uh, uh, for a season, because he was just trying to encourage his, his boy, encourage me, and probably encourage her too. But that girl saved my life. I don't know what I would have did. I mean, because... 
don't even remember all the conversations. I just remember being encouraged and going on, so I continued to stay with Kojic. Then Pastor Sample, he was another one, came, and he lifted me up, and that's when I ran to FF Balls with a book like I was saying earlier in the broadcast when Christ, when the Father really used me with miracles and stuff. That was a true story, y'all. So now, um, boy, I'll tell you, Cyrus, there's so much going on. So anyway, back to Rosalind. So Rosalind opened up the book. Took me to the black bookstore and I started looking at these black authors and I was I'll be flipping through black. I look at my face. I'll be flipping through these black authors and all this blackness and the uh, the pineal gland. I was told that was demonic, so I'm like I don't know about that pineal gland. Africa, pro Africa, black power, black. All in the black bookstore and I was like, yeah, kind of flipping through it. But I want you to listen to me, brothers and sisters. God was with me. Oh, y'all have no idea what that bookstore did for me. So I found out, make the long story short, we're talking about hundreds of authors. We're talking about J.A. Rogers, Sex, Race, and Religion, Francis Cress Welsing, The Crest Theory, Dr. Neely Fuller, a lot of people, and they all was focusing in on the African-Americans and who we are, and they were saying something different. They weren't saying Jesus. A lot of them were Christians, but a lot of them was not. So I kind of backed up, but my friend Rosalind kept talking to me saying, Seth, how is it people cannot be saved and give you an education and you feel comfortable about that education like I have, and I got this house Nearly paid off. We talking about this girl was rolling some dope. And I didn't give you a last name, but the girl to this day is a millionaire. Serious. So she was saying all of this brought about education and, of course, a, a gift from somebody in the family. But my point is she was saying, and she was educated, like really, 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 really educated. And she was saying, God bless me with this. And God blessed me with this and did my education. But she mainly was talking about, why do you not listen to a lot of these professors like Dr. Cornell West? Why do you not listen to Ivan Van Sertima? Why not, do you not listen to Julius Hare, the Hare, just a couple, black couple? But I kept saying, Ron, there's just a lot of black power and a lot of this and that, and I'm taught against that. You know, she said, but yeah, but what's wrong with it? I said, yeah, but these people don't know Jesus. She said, but Seth, a lot of people you learn stuff, I don't know Jesus. And we fall, oh, my God. We fought. Not this fault, but I fought with my friend Roz for years. These people are just too black. It's all black power, black. And then when you go to the, some of the conferences, because I happened to go to some of the conferences, they be talking about white people in the negative way. like, you know, so then I start saying, I don't know. Because I can't do hate, y'all. Can't do hate. So make the long story short. Those people delivered me. I took the good, I spit out the bad. I didn't engage in hatred. I took the good they were saying about the motherland, how that Europe, there was no Europe when there was thousands of years of civilization in Africa. What? What do you mean there was no Europe? Oh, y'all hating again. 
It took me a while. Some of y'all would learn a lot faster than I did. But God needed to set me free from not a people. White supremacy is not a people. That's the book I'm writing now. White supremacy is not white people. It took me a long time to understand that. White supremacy is a philosophy. And guess what? I got a revelation for you. White people is only 10% of the world's population. How can they rule 90% unless the 90% believe what they're saying? So most white supremacists are not white people. I'm going to say that again. The philosophy of white supremacy, if we think it's like I was taught and raised to believe it's white people, it is not. It's anybody. There are white people that hate white supremacy. They love black people. Better believe me. Some of them have given their life. What you going to do about that? And there's black people that are so full of white supremacy. They don't value black lives, and they shoot into crowds. They don't value black people. Black-on-black crimes at an all-time high. And I'm not talking about blame the white man. I'm talking about blame white supremacy. The flip side of one coin of white supremacy is says whites are superior. The other side of the coin says blacks are inferior. There's a lot of us that say this, but we might not say that. We act and treat our wives and husbands. We don't value them like we do white people. You can't blame white people for that. That's a philosophy you have in your head. Where you get it from, though, this American system, it devalues black life. It ain't just the police, some of them. Our police are great. But when you see them not valuing us, you think you're getting so upset and tearing up cities, and you should. Yes, you should. You should do the same when we do it to each other. But you don't value. A lot of us don't value, not you per se, maybe, but a lot of us don't value black life. That's what those that girl, Rob Rosler, when she introduced me to all of these different philosophers that wasn't saying Jesus every two minutes. See, until the end, all I would listen to is Fred Price, Kenneth Hagen, Happy Caldwell, Billy Graham, all these people. I didn't listen to people with the world's military hands on my black power. God showed me, listen to them because they have truth too. To my white brothers and sisters, I've been saying this for years. If the Father is telling me something, you had better listen as well. See, y'all got to know who you're talking to. I am made up of the people of God. Don't mean I'm right all the time. But I listen to whoever crossed my path. Because the Bible says a righteous man stepped his order to the Lord. And a lot of things, people that impart to me are white. Let me tell y'all something I did. Stupid. Scared the heck out of my wife. I joined the clan.
You know why? I was fascinated with the hate. And I believe anybody can change if you just understand the angle they're coming from. So I joined the clan. White Aryan Resistance. My wife thought that was the craziest thing, especially when they started sending us stuff. And especially when I got a letter saying, do you want us to meet? <laughs> True story. I said, no, I'm an upstanding citizen in the city, and I cannot afford for my name to be associated with the organization, but I believe in y'all's cause. Did I lie? Yep. For my safety, yep. Should I have lied? I don't know, but I wasn't about to meet with them. But they was prepared. To, they was, you know, that's what they did. But they sent me literature after literature after literature after literature. And I found out something. I want y'all to listen to me very careful. In order to understand your oppressors, in order to win your oppressors, you got to understand your oppressors. A lot of those people are very intelligent. I'm going to say all of them are. If you had in their head what they have in their head, you would do what they do. They have legitimate concerns. Problem is, the concerns is demonic of the devil. Number one, the biggest problem, we're wrapping up, we're wrapping up. The biggest problem is them being white in the first place. You're not a group that God acknowledged just because you're white. That's the foundation for our oppression. That's the foundation. You're not black brothers and sisters either. So if you want to end racism, you got to quit saying black and white. Because if we're black and they're white, they should be fighting us. They're the wrong team. We're the wrong team. We're supposed to be trying to kill each other. If not kill each other, we're supposed to compete with each other. We want more people in the White House. Well, I don't think so. Well, yes, we want more. We want more. Uh, we want more people in Congress. Well, we want more. We want black communication. We want, you're going to fight unto death. That's why the Father said, I already knew this was going to happen, so I'm going to put you in Christ. Those of you that believe in Christ and accept him, you're not black or white. You're not even male or female. These are the kinds of things we talk about on the Five Smooth Stone Network. There's a link right below this show. Y'all should click on it and listen to some of the messages. I ain't playing. Do you think I'm playing? More important, do you think the Father's playing? We are going to kill each other. That boat fight in Montgomery, that is brewing in all of us. If you ascribe to I'm up on this team. I'm on that team. Brothers and sisters, let me get something straight with you. According to the flesh DNA, yes, I believe I'm an Israelite. People of the Bible, yes, I do. That's DNA. But according to the spirit, I believe I'm born again. We too. We can be both now. Paul talks about it. He talks about how he was a Jew, but he counts as nothing saving who he is in Christ. I'm doing the same thing. I am that same Jew like Paul. 
And I can prove in scriptures. I've done it, been doing it for years, convinced thousands. Yes, thousands of people to believe because of the Fox Network. I can show you the numbers. A lot of people have went on to preach what I'm saying right now. I ain't new to this. I'm to this. I've been waking people up to African Americans being people of the Bible. But that is not enough to go before the Most High. They ain't enough to cast out no devils. They ain't enough to get healed. But we still got to know it. So we won't have self-hate. And so we won't love our white brothers and sisters with an unhealthy love. They need a healthy love from us. Not no stepping, fashion, laughing when stuff ain't funny. No, they need us to be men and women and still love them. And not take their BS. Because we don't take BS off our children, off our family. If they truly are family, we should not take their BS and love them like we do our family. So, Rosalind... With the with the father using her, caused me to read a lot of these authors that opened my mind. Because as long as I was worshiping next to white and black, neither one of us wants to talk about white and black. We okay with Jesus. We're worshiping Jesus. We love the Lord. We one dealing with the big elephant in the room. They probably didn't want me over their house, and I didn't really want them over mine. That's not true. I actually always welcome, but I know for certain I wasn't. I got proof that I'm welcome. Proof. My daughter right now dates a white guy. No problem with it. That's how you'll know for sure when your daughter thought. And she, he, ain't, he ain't the first one. He's been on my house. On the Five Sons on Network, we don't even believe in race based upon color. We said, only so you know what we're talking about. We're trying to get you to see that we need to accept the Most High. Y'all, this is nothing to play with. Our world is in trouble. If we don't kill each other, there's still going to be a fight. We're never going to get along. We've got to see who ourselves in the Spirit. And that's what I do. The Bible calls it a spiritual Jew, where your heart is transformed. You accept Christ. I'm wrapping up. I'm wrapping up. I'm wrapping up, brothers. Let's just give me a few minutes. I'm wrapping up. I'm going to talk more about Rosalind. These books that she introduced me to. Just amazing. Powerful books. And what gets me is, how did I go to church all this long? What What am I in? Am I in a cult? You know, cult keeps people out. How did I not know what Rosalind was saying? She was saying, why don't you listen to these people? They're trying to help our people. But because they want to say Jesus, I'm just going to figure, you got to be kidding. Some people say Jesus is some of the most dumbest people on the face of the earth. Not dumb, but ignorant, don't know. Not mean, not, not, not a negative way. They just don't know a lot of stuff because some of us are just so caught up in even the Bible. We don't even understand the Bible. Even if you say, well, I don't want to read nothing outside the Bible. You don't read all the books of the Bible. I can name topics about I guarantee you ain't never heard your pastor talk about. One of them is white skin in the Bible. Because if you see white skin in the Bible, where the Bible says, you ain't going to be worshiping white people in an abnormal way. You're going to see them like your brothers and sisters. You're going to understand that dark skin come from, white skin come from dark skin. So you're never going to feel like they're, they're superior. Y'all can't be reading the Bible. I'm reading. So, the Five Smooth Network is about love. 
and bringing people together, but we deal with difficult, uncomfortable topics that the Most High is saying that you cannot hear in your churches or your educational centers. That is what I'm all about. After Rosalind used the Father to bring all these authors in my life, these authors just changed me. Well, you sound like you hate. I probably do to you. But you know what's crazy? A lot of my white brothers and sisters that work with me, they don't think like that. I tell them, be careful with who, what black people you like. Some of us are sick. We're full of white supremacy. We're not healthy for you. You need people that see you the way the Father see you. And yes, your stuff stinks. And yes, you can speak bad English. And yes, you can, I don't think you have a happy life because you got no stuff. And I love you. And I mean it. That's what they deserve. My people, they, they, they're somebody's child. They're God's child. All these black older people with this secret hate, miss me with that. Y'all, I didn't touch the surface. I didn't get off into what happened in Guam. All right, I'll tell y'all this story real quick. I got to wrap up, y'all. We got to wrap up. Arlene tells me, my wife tells me, remember I went to 24 countries. I'm going to talk more about Rosson, though, because these authors, it's amazing. It's about, it's, about, it's about 200 authors. Every one of them imparted into me stuff that I never thought of, never knew about black people or white people. Just like the revelation that there was no Europe at one point. And yet there was thousands thousand civilizations. Go figure that out. So where are white people from? Africa. They're your brothers and sisters. Keep on hating. So, Arlene tells me, Seth, when you go to Guam, because I said, I got to go to uh, Papua New Guinea, but we're going to stop in Guam, we're going to stop in Japan, the reader. He said, well, when you get to Guam, you might see my brother, my friend, I think his name is Ben. Ben, Benjamin, yeah. Uh, I said, Arlene, do you know how you live in Guam? Do you know the chances of it is for me to see somebody you know in Guam? I knew who he was. But I said, I doubt if I see him. But okay, Arlene. So we fly from Newark to, well, Cincinnati to Newark, Newark to NRT, Narita, Narita to Guam. That's a whole nother miracle. My supervisor's on the flight, didn't plan on him to be on. I don't, want to, I don't know about you, but I want to travel around with my supervisor. But I met him on the plane, and it's, we clicked. He was different than he was at work. And he showed me all around the city. That was one of those signs, one of the miracles, brothers and sisters. Tom Delgado showed me Guam. <laughs> now, I got another co-worker on here. Now, was she co-worker? She was co-worker at uh, AA. This is Connell. But Tom Delgado read up the, pulled out the red carpet, showed me lovers porn in Guam. But I went to a McDonald's. All the places I went, all kind of restaurants. When I went to McDonald's, I see a guy sitting there, y'all cannot believe my eyes. That was all his friend. <laughs> if you think that wasn't God, I don't know what to say. I have a lot of years of stuff like that. It don't mean I'm better than nobody else. Y'all, some of y'all had miracles, bigger, better, 
great. I'm just sharing my testimony. But that's the kind of things I'm on Blog Talk Radio and Facebook Live talking about tonight. Signs, wonders, and miracles. to talk about this God we serve is a big God. He wants us to love. I talked about that tonight. And I talked about some of the friendships I've had, that God was in it. And uh, I just thank the Father for what he has done in my life and what he is going to do. Y'all, I have not touched the surface. I have not talked about China, experiences in China, India, Venezuela, Egypt, Israel. I've been to many times. It's probably 80 things the Father did. Uh, didn't tell about what happened in Taba, how I got stuck, how God allowed me to see the Red Sea. If I had not got stuck, if I had went on into Israel, I wouldn't have got to see the Red Sea. So the Father allowed me, the Egyptian authorities, to stop me at the border so I can overnight in this most beautiful hotel, one of the most beautiful hotels I've ever seen, $500 a night. I only paid $78 and got to see the most beautiful, young Taba is nice. You can Google it right now, Taba, Egypt. That border is nice. And they, I stayed at, oh, my God. Anyway, I didn't talk about Quadrino, Majaro, Truck, Spain. I went to Albino, Spain. They call it Albino. You, I give you one reason why you think I went. Anyway, I went to Britain. I went to Japan. I didn't talk about Japan. Many trips to Japan. Hong Kong with Reverend Pandy. Uh, Australia, Jamaica, the Dominican Republic. A lot of history there, y'all. You know, what happened in Dominican. That's where Columbus' son, Beryl is, and first church in the Americas is in DR. Holland, Bangkok, Papua New Guinea, Ethiopia. Ethiopia, change. Your brother. But I would have never went to Ethiopia had not I saw those, those people Rosalind talked about. Y'all, I got to wrap up. We went way over. Anyway, I love every single one of you as I do on all my shows. I say that on all my shows and I mean it. I love every single one of you. And there is nothing you can do about it. I'm going to blog again. To, to This week I'm going to be doing something on Thursday. And I'm going to do something else. I don't know what day. Y'all just stay with, just keep checking my page. I'm going to do blogs on Sundays and Thursdays at 8 o'clock. I'll continue that. But I'm going to slide in another blog the one that Facebook erased that had 2,000 listens where I was talking about how we are the people of the Bible, the true Israelites, and I'm naming scripture that the Bible says that's what's going to be upon us. And I'm talking about our children. I'm talking about it says how wives will behave and our wives behave that way. How I say the men will act and our men act that way. How I say our priests, those that rule over us, our prophets and priests and leaders, how they would act and how our people are acting just like that. I'm talking about how it describes Israel. And I'm talking about how we look like it says. Why, Brother Seth, are you talking about that? You already talked about the spiritual thing and all that matters. Because you got to know who you are, brothers and sisters. you got to know who you are. you got to know who you are. And you take that. Once you know who you are, you offer that to God. You surrender to God, but you got to know who you are. Are you kidding? If you're not, people will control you. So, I put a lot into the first and last song. I talked about them sisters earlier, the Clark sisters. I often wonder, they're supposed to be here in November. I often wonder, do they remember I me? Mean, I sent a picture, and Karen Clark said, your picture's up on my mirror. I wonder if them sisters remember me, remember that picture, if nothing else. I'm not trying to hook up with my problem with the concert, and I ain't trying to 
I haven't been in touch with them since. It's just something the father did, but I just happened to think of them because I have to play this song. But the father used them. The father used Sister Ross, and the father used a lot of people. I know those are ladies, but there was also men. I mentioned some of them earlier. But uh, y'all just keep it on Facebook Live. There's lots of people that was used in my life to help me get closer and closer to the Father. And I thank them that they're listening for this. All right? Anyway, check this song out. This is the message.
Oh, I need, I need